If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. How many cigars are you smoking now? What a show. Mo- no more than one. No more than one? More than one, I'll get sick. Is it... It kind of... Is, do you get any nicotine from it? Oh, yeah. You do? Yeah, for sure. Everybody does. Interesting. That's why they smoke cigars. They don't just smoke it for the taste. Right. That's stupid. That makes sense. But you don't inhale. No, but you do. The, the tobacco is, you know, it's pure tobacco. And you're getting that in your mouth. And you're getting the nicotine in your mouth. So you get a buzz. Yeah, 100%. 100%. We were even considering, Ari and I were smoking cigars once in the beginning of Sober October. We're like, are we cheating? I kind of feel like we're cheating. I feel like I'm getting kind of high. People get high from cigars, 100%. Interesting. It's just a different kind of high. It's a a nice conversational high. It's relaxed. It's similar to cigarettes where you don't get, you're not fucked up, Mm -hmm. but- Cigarettes do provide like a, a relief or a release, whatever yeah, that is, whatever that, that nicotine ooh. is. Why is nicotine so addictive? It's not that addictive. I mean, um, I like it, but I can like uh, like if I uh, was smoking a vape pen a lot, I was doing it every day, and then I just took it off and just didn't do it for a week, and I yeah. just stopped craving it totally. But maybe that's just me. You're you have a constitution. It's e- it's easier for you. You're very disciplined. Other people struggle with that. There's well, other people that cannot do that. Cigarettes are tough. I've given up ever. I've given up cocaine, alcohol, pills, marijuana. I've not done a drug in 12 years. But cigarettes are tough. And I haven't smoked now for two months. But the one day in the near future, and I don't know when. Someone's going to give you a cigarette. They're not even going to give it to me. You just reach for it. I'm going to request it. And you're going to spark it out. And I'm going to have a cigarette. And then I'm just going to be sitting somewhere having a cigarette. Not knowing how. (sighs) Yeah. Not knowing how it happened. Wouldn't it be awesome if they were good for you? It would be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) It would be amazing. Well, I love that scene from Sleeper, a Woody Allen movie, where, you know, they freeze him and he wakes up and they go, uh... He goes, they go, what? He goes, what should I eat for breakfast? They go, red meat, eggs, and cigarettes. And he goes, what? He goes, no, it's all good for you. He goes, everything we thought was bad for you is like great for you. It's like chocolate, have some chocolate cake. It was like, it's such a great scene. Well, they're right about red meat. Yes, some of it's correct, right? (laughs) Do you think the sugar industry, because they're behind a lot of the fat activism stuff? Are they really? Oh, yeah. So if you look at it, you know, a lot of the uh, people that go, listen, there's no difference, because, you know, they just had this article, the LA. Uh, school district was like, don't tell kids that like junk food's bad because it's classist and racist or whatever. <laughs> it, it's insanity. Like, don't tell them there's any difference between oh, foods. Oh, so crazy. And what you know, and it's all linked to this like be always body positive, mm-hmm. no matter what. And a lot of that is backed by like Nestle. Well, I know there were some body positive people that were on social media that they found out were getting backed by Nestle or one of those companies. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and they it, yeah. they were promoting the idea that there's no difference in foods and you know, there is no <laughs> junk food and it's all about your mental health and yeah, and you're mentally healthy apparently eating just ice cream on a couch. But it's all of it is it's so unscientific, and the fact that that doesn't get fact checked online is so crazy. Right. That you, you can say you know something about COVID or something about something else, and you'll immediately get that little banner underneath your post that'll tell people right. that what you're saying. Well, they always use some example of like a person who's robust, a little chubby, and go, "This person's healthy," and then they'll always point to like a skinny heroin addict and go, "This person isn't." Yeah. And you go, "Yeah, but that's not the overall, yeah. you know, thing." Yeah, even if you're even if you're f- like 50, 60 pounds overweight and right. you fit, yeah. you're still it's less still, healthy yes, than you would course. be if you weren't 50, of 60 course. pounds overweight. I think some of it is that there was a weird period when I was growing up where all the models were like sickly thin. Yeah. Where they were like gaunt. They wanted them to be like hangers. They didn't yeah. really want them to be, have bodies. Well, it was like the Balenciaga thing, right? That came up with the kids where it was like, this is creepy and they're weird. And of course, you probably saw that, like yeah. that weird advertisement where it's like kids have these BDSM bears, these bears that are dressed up at like leather daddies and kids have them. And, and people in fashion have always been creepy and weird because like when I was growing up, the 90s, it was heroin chic. Mm. And they made all these young girls look like they were strung out junkies. So yeah. it's like they've always been kind of off. Well, don't they kind of promote amphetamines to a lot of those gals? To I hope so. No, yes. Uh, <laughs> but you can't be against fat activism and against amphetamine. Like right. somebody's, you know, um, no, they do. Yeah. I'm sure they promote. Well, fashion is all about sexual currency. Like everyone asks me about Hollywood, you know, they talk about Hollywood. They go like, Hollywood's run on like sex appeal. I'm like, not the one I'm in. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you right are now. You in, are you in Hollywood though? Yeah, I have no idea. I, I, I have a house there, but like the <laughs> this idea that like people talk about Hollywood, like it's just one thing and they're like, it's run on sexual currency. I'm like, yeah, not the lineup at the improv, you know, like not the lineup at the comedy store. How about is Roseanne? Not, is, right. There's a lot of people where it was. In. But like, yeah, those fit because all of these human trafficking people, they all have their like hooks into fashion. Like, really? oh yeah. So John Luke Brunel, who was the guy that you know was like a big Epstein confidant and associate, was like a high level fashion photographer. And it makes sense because like you're they're recruiting these girls when they're young and they're impressionable. And they're like, you know, hey, here's this guy and Ghislaine Mack. Like, here's so if you want good looking people, you're probably not going to go to a comedy club, right? You're going to go to a modeling shoot. Yeah. Not that there are good looking comics, but I mean, like, young, impressionable, good looking people are found in modeling. So I think that's why a lot of them. It is a bizarre job. It's a really you stand strange there and job. Pose and you, yeah. Like, what, what's the woman's name that was married to Tom Brady? Giselle Bunchen. She's worth more than him. Well, yeah. How? Just by being hot. Just by being hot. Isn't that amazing? It's He's huge. Greatest quarterback of all, all time. time in yeah. the biggest game yeah. in all of North America. Right. And a woman just by virtue of being pretty. Right. Wins. She wins. She wins. Well, And she's like, I'm done with this guy. He keeps wanting to play football. Yeah. But now you're looking at it's changing. It's yeah. changing. We're pretty now. Like if you're a model, I mean, they... 
things are, the look is changing, right? I mean, it's there. It's a lot of bigger people, and it's a lot of not as pretty people or not traditionally pretty. So yeah, it's not all changing, but there's some. You can't deny nature. You can't. A hundred percent. Nature is. Uh, it's yeah. all about. Well, there was no fat activism on Epstein's island. You know what I mean? <laughs> like he was not. Maybe he, there was. I mean, there's. I mean, I don't think that he was like concerned with diversity. Like the you know the people that are purveyors of just people's looks are just you know. But maybe don't. he had a request list. He might have. Who knows? Yeah, he well, might into right. You know, it's yeah. Like you fill out a questionnaire. Yeah. You know, like you fill out a questionnaire. Like the, the spoke post. The question is like they sponsor there, me. Anymore. There's been people like that. That have been sex trafficking forever. Yes, but it's shocking to people that it's going on now. They're like, "What? Still?" But here's, the, yeah, it's it. There is sex trafficking for sure, but there's also like, I w I was in Romania. I did a Bitcoin guy brought me over there to do his um, birthday party. I Didn't did, you hang out with Andrew Tate? Over I there? did. I did twenty minutes of comedy, and I it bombed because it was people weren't really speaking English, and the ones that could didn't love me. <laughs> so, some of them liked me and, and one guy pointed at me and just yelled Joe Rogan because he had seen me on this some mm. Russian crazy guy <laughs> just got up in the middle of the set and went again, Joe Rogan and then sat down <laughs> and then they like brought him out It's it was insane and, but they paid me a lot of money to do it and then there was you know there's only one person there to really interview and it was Andrew Tate so I went to his house and he's a lovely guy here's the thing about him and his brother they are lovely people whether they're human traffickers or not they're lovely people I'm not for human trafficking but they took us out for a steak dinner, and there was women there, and a lot of the women were quiet. And I thought they were just quiet. That would be my story if yeah. I'm called to testify. I would go, they, the women were quiet, and they were obedient, and many of them looked at the floor. But Really? Yeah, it was. but it's Eastern Europe, Joe. Right. That's kind of the way they act. And coming from America, it was a little bit of a nice change of pace. We stunned. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, coming from this nice... <laughs> Coming, we, yeah. <laughs> we stunned when he got arrested. It wasn't stunning. It wasn't st like when eventually I smoke another cigarette, would I be stunned that I have a cigarette in my hand? No, I wasn't stunned that he got arrested. It was surprising to me because listen, people say things about somebody and you hope that they're not true, right? Because right. he has some wacky opinions, but he has some opinions that I would say are probably, you know, pretty, pretty reasonable and interesting that, and interesting. That people should, you know, stop being victims and go out and work and figure stuff out. And that, you know, they, this world does leave you out in many cases and you have to figure a way around things, right? Mm -hmm. He calls it the matrix or whatever. But, like, you have to be pretty, like, resilient. Um, I think some of those messages are good. I think some of his stuff is funny and over the top. But you clearly don't want this to be true. No. You'd never want... Uh, you know, this to be true, and I hope it's not true. Um, they think it's true. I mean, the is, authorities... is, Rom is Romania corrupt? Yes, it's corrupt. It's a Soviet, you know, Eastern Bloc country where I think a lot of people get paid off. I think Tate even talked about that it was kind of a corrupt country and that people just kind of paid each other off. And like, I, I think it's just the way a lot of those Eastern European countries work where. You know, America's corruption is, 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 and you know, Tate, you know, kind of made this point, right? American corruption is like big deal corruption, billionaires. Right. You got to be, you got to have a lot of money to play the game. You got to have the, you know, serious capital. In places like that, 
you know, you don't have to be a billionaire to influence things. You can have a small business and have enough money to be like you're in the game. You pay you pay people off to get the business open and then you pay people off to keep the business safe. And I think it's kind of maybe the way America worked in the 70s before mm. corporations owned everything. Mm. It's what it seems like. But again, I only spent... Why did he move to M Romania? Isn't he from the UK? Yes. Well, um, that's certainly not a great part of his defense, is that he's living in Romania. He did live there. His attitude was, I live here because I like the freedom to do what I want. Um, but some of his detractors would say that it's easier to get away with stuff there. He's even kind of said that. You can kind of do what you want. You can kind of do what you want. Now, maybe that means driving your car fast. Also, it might mean you know human traffic. I don't know. That's all. It runs the gamut. Mm. But you can get away. It's it's a weird place to live. If you could choose to live anywhere, it's an interesting place to live. The people were lovely. Um, you know. Have you ever thought of where you'd live outside of the United States? I mean, I'd probably have to go back with my people in Ireland. I think we all have to go to our people. I mean, you'd go to Italy. We have to go to our people, no? Yeah. I think I go to my people and they're just laying around eating. I know. Maybe I'll go to your people. <laughs> they stopped. They stopped yeah. building <laughs> yeah. cathedrals and. <laughs> well, my people are drinking. But I mean, I guess you. I mean, I don't know if I'd go to Brazil or something. I think you know. I've been to Ireland. I performed in Dublin, and it's kind of like I don't know. You feel. I don't know that I'd ever live outside of the U.S., but you do feel like a little bit of a kinship. Do you feel any of that when you go back to Italy? Not too much. Okay. No, I enjoy it. I enjoy their way of life. I enjoy yeah. the way they behave. And I like talk Ireland. And... They're all tortured. <laughs> They're tortured. They, they, you you got to see the new movie, The Banshees of Inisherin. Yeah, it's really good. It's the crew from In Bruges. It's amazing. It's like Colin Farrell, Brendan Gleeson, Martin McDonough directed. It's really good, and they shoot it in Galway, Ireland. Ireland's beautiful. It is beautiful. It's when a it's beautiful rain, place. When it's not raining. Yeah. yeah, when it's not raining, it's beautiful. Yeah, but yeah, but the people there, you know, it's it's a very different lifestyle than mm -hmm. America. So I don't know that I could ever do it, but I don't know. Where would you go? Well, the only reason why I'd go is if some horrible shit went down in the United States. And what are the chances war. of that? It's just, <laughs> I mean, if fucking, if like Manhattan gets hit with a nuke. Right. That's not a good sign. No. And that's when you have to really think, oh my God, do I stay here? Right. Like, if LA gets hit with a nuke, it's like, eh. <laughs> they deserve it. You know, you go, well, <laughs> you know, as long as I'm not there, I'd be like, uh. I would be sad. I would text Andy Letterman like, love you, goodbye. Yeah. But, yeah. But Manhattan gets hit with the nuke because New York's the nerve center of the country. So if that gets hit, we're in trouble. Isn't that weird that New York's the nerve center of the country? Not like, really if you've why? been there. Well, because it's, number one, it was before America. It was a Dutch fur trading outpost. It was a marketplace. But in America, it's a capitalist country. So the, the everything's about commerce. And New York predates America, right? It goes back to the 1600s. Does York, it really? Oh, yeah. New York, it was New Amsterdam, you know, before... Oh, that's right. Yeah, before yeah. America became anything. Um, and um, it's just the best city we have. It's the best we can do as a country. Now, not everyone's going to want to live in a place like New York. It's expensive. You live on top of each other. But it's got the best of everything when you when you think about... You know, all of the things that a country can do, New York probably does them all the best for what we can do as America. Food. And yeah, I mean, everything like that. Education. I mean, all the big 
companies. A lot of them are headquartered there. It's kind of market. Yeah, it's an amazing city. You have this amazing diverse population of people that all become kind of New Yorkers and all kind of meld together it, it it's it's a real city you know what was great about it before the crime really really yes, upticked the crime's not helping but the thing the thing was great that you would be around everybody would just like from all walks of life would walk on the streets together and ride the subway together it's like there's a real mixture of people whereas in los angeles people are just in their cars uh, los angeles is an isolating and lonely place yeah. where everybody's out for the same thing which is fame yeah and, well and if they're not well, out for it, they're out to capitalize if they're not out for it, even the doctor in Los Angeles will brag about his celebrity clients, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to Los Angeles in many cases to to build something, right? You want, and, you know, it's it becomes, it's not a community in the way that New York is. New York right. feels more like a community, and you get the best of everything. So you have people in New York that are like, going to be the best architects or the best chefs or, you know, maybe the best baseball players or the best whatever, you know, and you, you put them all together and like there's excellence all around. Even the buildings, when you look at the buildings in New York, you go, you know, Emery Roth or, you know, all these great architects, Henry Hardenberg built the Dakota where Lennon lived or the Plaza. Like you're just around this amazing architecture. Some of it's been around for hundreds of years and it inspires you and you feel great. I was watching this online piece about this lady who pretended to be a billionaire so that she could go to all the great. different places that were being sold. Yeah. And so she could take photos of their views. Yeah. But it, it was a really interesting perspective. Yeah. Like, no one should have this kind of money. No yeah. one should have this interesting. kind of Well, how do you stop that? Do you, you, you cap yeah. their money? You can't stop it. And I was been, also like- I've been doing that too, going to places I can't afford and looking at them, but- I don't take the tact that no one should have that kind of money. You take the tact that one day. I look at it and go, I'd like this kind of money. Yes. Um, I think that there's a, a limit where money doesn't make you happy, but it is nice to have. And this idea that, you know, there is a new generation of people coming up where fulfillment is the main thing, which I understand, and that's good. But I also think at the end of the day, like, you know, it, it, we shouldn't lie about the fact that, like, being you know working and like getting the benefits of earning a living that you can be comfortable with is good it's, and you're not always going to be happy all the time you know not a, yeah every job you have you're not going to love right so i think a lot of the young kids coming up right now are like i need to be inspired at every moment of the day or i need to be really and it's like there's a lot of shit jobs that you do and you don't realize why you do them until you get to the next thing and then you go, oh, I learned something in that job that I didn't realize I needed. Well, money doesn't make you happy, but it does relieve desperation. And desperation yeah. makes you sad. That's true. That the desperation, the, the, the desperation of not knowing if you're going to be able to pay your bills and that pressure and stress of it. I clearly remember when I got my first development deal and uh, I got money in the bank and I just like, whew, it was like a weight, a, like a physical weight had lifted off my shoulders. Because for the first time in my life, I didn't worry about how I was going to pay the rent. And that was interesting because I was like, that is What year was that? 93. And that was the first time you took a breath. Yeah. 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 I was like, wow, this is what this feels like. It's hard, especially with comedy, because when you start, there's not a lot of money for a while. No, you're barely getting by. You got no health insurance. You know, you're getting couple hundred bucks here, a couple hundred bucks there. You're trying to scratch together a living, pay your rent, pay your bills, pay your gas bill. Yeah. And when you get done, you know, with the week and you pay all the stuff, you know, you don't have anything left. And that's how you're living. You're living hand to mouth. Yeah. 
and you're always wondering, like, uh, am I going to fill my books so I can get enough road work so I can pay everything? And, you know, you don't know where it's going to go. And then getting a big check. I got a, a big check from Disney, of all people. And uh, I, I started going to restaurants. And right, I was eating right. nice. Yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. like, this is – my manager actually thought I had a gambling problem. Yeah. Because he saw what you were spending? Yeah. Like, no, I'm eating out. Right. I'm eating <laughs> yeah, lobster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's 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 interesting when you when you transition from from being anxious about that stuff to at least having a taking a breath and going. Yeah. It's a huge okay. advantage. Yeah, it's a big advantage. You can focus more on being creative. But the hunger is of, good too. Yeah, the hunger of not knowing where you're going and what's going to happen that fuels people, but it doesn't fuel everybody. Some people don't have the constitution for it and it fucks them up. Yeah, so many of the articles you read now are about how they they seem to be preparing people to live with less. Going, you don't need to own anything. You'll be happy renting. That's a world economic forum. No, I know, I know. Shit. It's, it's shitty. That's too nonsense. But, but it's also yeah. because people don't have anything. That's right. And when they don't have anything and they see people who have things, they think there's something wrong with those people. There's no way they did it the right way. Those right. people are all criminals. Yeah. Like there's this attitude that people have when they're poor. When they look at people that are wealthy, like those people are evil. Like there's no yeah. way they're not evil, which is right. ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Because if you got a job that paid more money and you kept working up and you got more and more money and you're the same fucking person, now all of a sudden you're wealthy. Are you evil now? Right. Did you do this by subjugating people? Yeah. Did you do this by stealing? No. You well, there's such a vast fucking... chasm of like intelligence too, right? So you have like brilliant people and then you have people that are, you know, they're just kind of struggling and I think that like sometimes even understanding the world that we live in and even understanding how to make money right or is difficult for a lot of people right there is also a lot of fuckery and a lot of corruption and like sometimes bad people get a lot of money but that's just the way it is there's bad people without a lot of money you know yeah but just understanding how to make money is difficult I think for a lot of people because you don't learn anything about money in school you know you go through 18 years of school you don't hear the word credit card, interest rate. I mean, it's kind of amazing, you know? You get some basic economics courses in high school, but like the consumer economy, like the things you would need to learn, you just don't learn a ton about that. All right, and how much did they discuss with you about how student loans, you yeah. have to pay back no matter what? Yeah, not really. Even if you go bankrupt. Yeah, they're not really like, you know, maybe they're doing it more now, but like they leave out this stunning amount of information that you would need. And I think a lot of people... You know, are, are you know you very smart people that can tell you all about history or whatever, you know. And I've been one like a, a person who like I remember the, one of the first credit cards I got. It had like a two hundred dollar activation fee, and the limit was like two fifty. This was years ago. I tried to use it <laughs> at a restaurant. They're like this, and I'm like, this is impossible. It had to go through. I just got it. And it, literally, I looked. It, it was a two hundred dollar activation fee, and I only had fifty whatever dollars available credit. Like. You get in that system and you fuck yourself, it's hard to get out of it. I know a lot of people did that when they were struggling. They got into credit card debt and it's the hard. interest rate keeps going up. And Then you get you're under- pay, You're only paying yeah. the minimum amount every month. So just like the, the actual chunk of money that yeah. you owe doesn't really shrink. What's good about America is there's no debtor's prison, so you can declare bankruptcy. That Unless- is- that is Unless nice. you have student loans. That's the one thing they'll get you on. But Which I'm always, wild. I tell people all the time, just declare bankruptcy and just let it go. 
Let it go. Yeah, but if you let the student loans go, they... you can't let the student loans go. But I say, don't even go to school. Like <laughs> it's, what are you even doing in college? I mean, when you think about it, what is co- every story coming out of an American university is like some insane. It's like they've they're holding the teacher at gunpoint now <laughs> because she said you know something nice about Columbus, like. I don't even understand what anyone's learning, unless you're like a finance guy and you're like, I'm going to Princeton, or you're a tech person, you're going to Stanford. But these low-level, mid-tier schools, do we need them? I mean, they're just, they exist for like football, and it's fun. You go have fun. You go get fucked up for four years, you enjoy yourself, but like, do you really, I don't know what you get out of it anymore. Well, it depends on what you're trying to do. If you just want an education, you just want to have more information, and you're not thinking about using it as a career, yeah, which nobody does, right? But if you did that, you you can learn some things in college. And sure. if you wanted to be a doctor, well, that's yeah. the way to do it. If you wanted to be a lawyer, that's the way to do it. You have that's to go right. through university. But we don't need more of them. Like we don't need, we don't more, need more lawyers. Doctors? We don't need more lawyers. And in in terms of doctors, we probably don't need more doc. We have enough doctors. In terms of like, you know. You know, we have a lot of doctors. We have every kind of doctor. We have plastic surgeons. We have all kinds of doctors. It's like, it's, you know, especially because... Yeah, but they die off. That's a good point, I guess. I mean, then okay. you got to keep refreshing the population. But if you're not going to be a doctor, and you're not going to be like a lawyer, it's like... STEM. Yeah, we've got a few people doing that. Engineering, mathematics. Most people are just in marketing. People go, I'm in business marketing. You never talk to a kid, they're like, I'm in business marketing. They have no idea what's going on. Well, they don't know what to do. They're filled with hormones. They're partying outside their house for the first time, living in dorms, getting laid. It's it's a good experience. Yes. It's a fun experience. I never had it. I I went to community college, and I dropped out to start selling subprime mortgages. So I regret not going to college, but I like my, my journey was meaningful too. But yeah, I regret it. I regret not going, kind of. What do you regret about it? The experience that you would have had in a college where you're living on your own with everyone your age. But I think I, I you know, my life would have been very different had I done that. I don't know, but it might have been different. Probably. So I think the, the life I had was, was good because I, I love comedy. I like what I do. And I think it's good to go through crazy shit. And have it be funny, but I think a college experience is interesting if you make the most of it. You ever think about what life would be like if you didn't do comedy? Yeah, I, I do. Like um, during the pandemic, yeah. how long did you go without doing comedy? I think I was doing the podcast every week, but I did. Uh, you know, when they shut it down in March, and then I think the first time I was on stage might have been, you know. I did a comedy club. Vinnie Brand in, in in New Jersey opened up the Stress Factory outside, and he had an entire outside thing. He had a tent. He had a tent, and I don't know when I did that, but I did it, and it might have been three or four months. Maybe it was five months. I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember exactly. It might have been longer than that, but it was weird. Yeah, you thought about it. You're like, what would I do? You well, there, what was weird to me was when it seemed like there was a possibility that we could never go back to doing it again. Right. The first few months, I was like, yeah. what if it just stays like this? What if it stays There's like no this? no shows ever again. Right. And I just have this distant memory of what it's like to do stand-up. Because it is the best thing. The internet's fun, but it's like being in a room with real people that are live. You need that human connection. Yeah, it's a great time, Because some of the YouTubers that never are around people, like, it's a little weird. Oh, yeah. Like, the people whose entire interactions with everyone in life is just on the internet, you can you can look at them, you go, there's something off. And when you talk to them, like, 
they're kind of like, they always hate that they're not online. Like yeah. when you talk to some of them in real life, they're kind of like, <laughs> they want to be in front of a computer screen. That's where they're most comfortable. Yeah. And there's something what they're accustomed to. It's what they're accustomed to, and it's a little sick. But for me, I, I love that I grew up without that, and now we have it. But I like that I didn't grow up in front of that screen. Yeah. Well, I personally. think it definitely does something about your social development. And there was a, an article recently about how it affects children's brains in a measurable way, like this connection to social media. Yeah. It's oh, for undeniable. Sure. You're, if, you're, if you're not interacting with people for the most part, and you're most of the time, you're, it, like if your job is to be a streamer, right. and the more you stream, the more money you make, and you're streaming all day, your connection with humans has got to be very strange and different than anybody that's ever existed before. Yeah, it's very interesting. Because you are interacting with people. Yes. But you're not interacting with anybody in person. Right. A lot of it is just you putting something out there, and then people reacting to the thing you put out there. It's almost like sending a messenger pigeon. It's very interesting. It's definitely a, a unique vantage point where, because you're look also dealing with people online that a lot of them are anonymous. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are kind of, you know, it's different than it would be if they were in front of you, yeah, speaking to you face to face. You know, people are, you know, really either you're trolling or they have their guard down. They're saying whatever they want to say. Some of them are being completely honest some of them are just trying to have fun some of the, you know yeah so you, you you get to see like you know maybe the best and worst I don't know it's interesting well you get to see what people are like in the back of their mind without social interaction without communicating with people you get to see like those little the little base thoughts that people have the right shitty ideas that people have right. about other people and just, right. the, just the shitty ideas they have about themselves right and, it's astounding to me how many people, like when I go on social media, if I just randomly scroll through Twitter, how many people talk about their mental health and how bad their mental yes. health is. Yes. It's, it's, well, it's because I talk a lot about it on stage now, you know, having a mother who's mentally ill, genuinely, right? And I don't, I don't mean that other people, you know, that obviously mental illness is it's, it's, it's running rampant, but it does also seem like there's a difference between the mental illness my mother has where she's a schizophrenic genuine skit you know she didn't diagnose herself on instagram she's genuinely she's in an institution she cannot live in a you know and i think that's different than like you know for example you know depression and depression is yeah. a very bad thing but there's clinical depression there's also situational depression where right. some of the things that you're doing or eating or being you know, whatever you know, and there's well, how do you discern it's hard. what's the cause, though? It's very difficult. Because when someone is diagnosed with clinical depression, but then you yeah. look at their actual lifestyle, and you look at what they're doing and what's yeah. fulfilling about their life, you're like, well, yeah. of course you're depressed. Some if you clean have, yeah. that up, yeah. how much of it would affect... Like, I don't want to yeah. be dismissive of people with yeah. a real depression, imbalance. because yeah. I know people that have it. Yes. And I know people that have taken antidepressants, and it changed their life, and then they weaned off of them, and then they're infinitely better off than they were before they took them. Yeah. Because they were on the verge of suicide. Some people have a chemical imbalance, and some people that can be corrected with medicine. Some people really... The depression comes from a situation in their life they can clear up. Some people have anxiety because, you know, again, they, they have this uh, disorder. But then there's a lot of people that have anxiety because, like, you know, maybe they're in a job they hate. Yeah. Maybe they're in a bad relationship. And then there's some people that just genetically, their brain is fucked. That's right. That's real. That's true. Yeah, there's, there's people, and that's schizophrenia, right? When you use the bad... With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? 
Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Because for six weeks, they were like, we don't have one lead. And then everyone's no, like... No, 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 no. Yeah. They didn't talk about it because okay. you don't talk about it. When yeah. cops are investigating something, yeah. I mean, they, dude, they vacuumed that place looking for DNA. They right. got genealogy DNA. Right. So they mapped hit the DNA yeah. to people that were related to this guy. Crazy. Yeah. So it's not that they didn't have well, any leads. they didn't they share didn't, it. Well, why would they? Because it's entertaining for me. <laughs> I would like to know. I would like to know. That guy scares the shit out of me. No, that he, there's people like that. They that said people that like that. The the people that went to school with him said that he went ba- when he went back to school. Now that is, this is obviously if he did it, that he was noticeably happier and noticeably had more energy and m- more lively and in interacting with people. Well, which is fucking creepy. That's a really sick person. Yeah. And, well, this is know. a guy that was studying criminal behavior yeah. and stuff i mean he was that's know. crazy he came back after and he was happier he, well that's what they said but yeah. also this is hearsay but this is also people that you know know him and, and maybe they think he's a creep and right. you know uh, who knows but the idea that you could be have that in your brain where you one day you could just you could stalk these people or whatever figure out how to murder people and just go in kill these innocent people and leave and go to school the next day like that is somebody's brain that's fucked there's fucked. no other way to say it there's no other way to say it there's and, no other way to say it and they think there's just a certain percentage of those people like there's a certain percentage of sociopaths and i guess the the challenge is identifying them yeah psychopaths sociopaths that's where the text or stuff comes in and you start to get nervous about it because like they'll be like well we want to start identifying yeah. those types of people early it's like yeah but that's almost you know you you run the risk there of you know Drawing lines around a lot of people who are never going to do that who are either Goofy or funny or silly or saying dumb shit right. online and then you know you they like death metal Yeah, they like death metal whatever they like horror movies. They listen to my podcast. They whatever. Really don't want to hurt anybody. Yeah, they don't want to hurt people um, But at the end of the day, it's like that's where a lot of that tech stuff comes from They're like well, we where we got to identify these like anti-social people that's minority report yeah i mean that's what it is that's pre-crime pre-crime yeah that's scary shit it's scary it's scary also because like there's people that at at times in their life like there was a guy who was on this podcast um you know john bernthal the uh actor yes great guy yeah yeah what an interesting dude interesting like way different than you know when people think of actors they think of people that are insincere this guy's the opposite of that he's super sincere yeah really intelligent really articulate very deep and interesting guy and a really nice guy too. yeah really really liked him but he was talking about this guy that he knew that uh, he interviewed that was um he was going to blow up a mosque and he went into this mo- he had this hate of muslims after coming back from overseas right from serving and um he was going to blow up a mosque and he went in there and he met this woman who welcomed him into the mosque and he was still totally intent on blowing her up, blowing everybody up. She invited him over her home for dinner. He was still intent on it. So he gets to know her and his family, completely changes course, becomes a devout Muslim. Wow. And then talked about the whole experience, about what his plans were and that he didn't do it. And now he's just like very happy. Well, that's like there was a prison guard in Guantanamo Bay. 
that converted to Islam. He was a prison guard. That's what, how you know you're losing the war, America. Uh, by the way, that's not a great sign. But he converted to Islam because, you know, he struck up a friendship with a guy in the thing. I think people are looking for something and that gives them purpose. The intensity of belief is always interesting to me. And the people, and I like, you know, Camille Paglia wrote an interesting article about Obama. And she goes, he's such a brilliant guy, but one thing he doesn't seem to understand is like, the like religion he doesn't understand the passion and intensity of like belief systems because he is so intelligent that he doesn't seem to grasp that which motivates people like you know that how is, does she how does she know that though well she just made comments on like the way he would talk about religion i think this was like after he made that comment like people cling to their guns and their bibles or whatever and she was like mm. i don't think he fully you know, understands, you know, being a Harvard educated guy, like he doesn't fully understand, you know, that the, the religion provides a great comfort to many people and a organizing principle for their life. Right. Yeah. I do think that it can, it can spill over into this, you know, fervor that's unhealthy. Right. And you see that with fundamentalist religion everywhere where yeah. it's like, whether it's you're a Christian or Muslim, you know, there is a certain, you know, value to critical thinking and not cult, you know, behavior. But yeah, that's interesting. A story like that where a guy goes in to kill people and goes, well, I want to be one of you. And that's someone who's looking for something. Something. Yeah. Well, obviously, just the fact that he wanted to go in there and blow the mosque up. He's yeah. obviously in a bad place. He's not in a good place. And sometimes when people get involved in a really rigid ideology, a religion with a bunch of other people that are committed, they feel a sense of community and purpose. And it gives them discipline and focus yeah. and... You know, and, you know, the Islamic faith is particularly rigid in that regard yes. and particularly devout. Like well, the people a that lot are... of those faiths are if you follow the letter of the law. Like in the Western world, a lot of our faiths have been tempered by the types of governments we have. Right. So where we don't we have a separation uh, of religion and, and uh, you know, government. Um, but in other parts of the world, they don't. And um, I think one of the problems now and you're seeing this kind of resurgence of religion, which I think could be good. It depends, right, on on the form it takes. But a lot of the the Western world is kind. Of, people feel an emptiness now that we've you know religion isn't big in America, but we haven't replaced it with anything. Right. Like people are still at the end of the day trying to figure out why are we here, what are we doing here, does anything happen when we die, how should we behave towards each other. And we haven't given them anything. They had this, you know, my grandparents were devout Catholic. My grandmother was devout Catholic. My grandfather was a devout Catholic. She was still a Democrat and voted. She, you know, she was still like, you know, not someone who, you know, but she went to church all the time in her life and the way she believed. Um, you know, the, we, they were both, you know, when they, I was around both of them when they died. Um, you couldn't find a more peaceful person as they were dying. Because they believed. They believed. Yeah. Like my grandfather, when he was diagnosed with cancer and they said, you don't have much left. He said, like, you know, my kingdom is not of this earth. He's like, that's fine with me. He was really at peace. Uh, my grandmother, too. My grandmother said, I've lived a good life. And, you know. Well, that's what people want. That's what people want. They, they want to be peace. at peace. Yeah. yeah. It's very hard to achieve peace in this world. It's and very it's, hard. Especially if you're doing difficult things. Yeah. It's very hard. It's very hard to the, the just the battles you have in your own mind with failure and you know and everything that you're doing in life, it's the difficult. people that you interact with, the the chaos and 
you know, struggles and strife and, and then the why. What is it all for? If you don't have a what is it all for, it can get really fucking weird. Yeah, and that I think that not knowing yeah. that chaos, people can't deal with it. And it's easier maybe for people that can block all that out mm-hmm. and just go. But yeah. I think a lot of people struggle with that. Well, a lot of people use drugs to block it out. That a lot of people use drugs. A lot of people like amphetamines, right? Because right. it just blocks it out. Boom, boom, boom. You just boom. go, 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 you go, just go, keep going. And yeah. Your purpose isn't going. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It just kind of gets muted. Yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult, I think, for a lot of people to just make peace with the idea that it's the unknown. Yeah. You know? Like, we really don't know. Like it, you know, I mean, you could follow a system, you can try to be, you know, and that's where I guess some of that DMT shit that you've, that helps people seem to, people seem to come back from some psychedelic experiences and feel better about everything. Yes. Yeah. I definitely do. Yeah. Yeah. It's I definitely yeah. changed the way I look at things. Yeah. It's just the fact that that's real, that you can actually have that experience. Like how right. does everybody not know about this? How is this, how is this not promoted? Yeah. And it, obviously, not for everybody, especially not for people who already have a slippery grasp on reality itself. That's a problem. It's a big problem with uh, psychedelics, and not not just psychedelics, but like milder psychedelics, like marijuana and people with schizophrenia. Yeah, that's what uh, Alex Berenson wrote about in his book, uh, "Tell Your Children." Yeah, it's a very interesting book because a lot of people that are pro marijuana, including myself, you know, instinctively want to reject reject this notion that it triggers schizophrenia. But it does. I think it might. I think with some people. I mean, it doesn't with me, but I think some people that have a tendency or an inclination towards that, and they have like a really heroic dose of edibles or something like that. I've seen people crack. I I know multiple people in my life that have gotten really fucked up from weed and got crazy paranoid. And it's hard to know until you've done it, right? Right. It's basically, it's too late. Yeah. Like, you know, people, you know, they smoke pot, they want to smoke pot, and then eventually, like, you know, maybe something, some underlying, you know, tendencies, schizophrenia, like that stuff just comes out. They don't know it. And and a lot of them are smoking it all day, every day. And so that's the reality. The reality, the way they interface with the world is through cannabis. Like, they're they're too much. It's probably, but some people are fine with it. And then everybody's on pills, right? I mean, there's the amount of people that are on SSRIs or... Depression meds or anxiety meds. I mean, it's it's a massive amount of people. It's a lot of people. There's so much money in it. Yeah. Just get vaccinated. Stop with the pills. Ugh. Just get a COVID vaccine every four months. You'll feel better about whatever's wrong. Will you? Yeah. I mean, my aunt's on her ninth booster, and she feels great. <laughs> she calls it, get boosted. I just got boosted. Yeah. She's great. Her eyes are blood red. She's, you know. I wonder if people get addicted to doing it. Oh, there's, by the way. Like they want to do it more we're often. We're going to read. We need an article about the person who's gotten vaccinated a hundred times for what's, COVID. What's the person alive that got vaccinated the most times there's right now for COVID? definitely somebody who's gotten vaccinated way more than they should have. What's the number you think? Ooh, I don't know. Like, you know how like people that are hooked on oxys, they go to a different yes. doctor? Yes. Especially before the, I had a friend who was, he fucked himself up. I forget what his injury was, but he got on oxys in Texas and then he moved to California and got on oxys with a different doctor right. and was getting both doctors to prescribe him and then he went off the rails. Doctor shopping. Yeah. They call it. Well, yeah. it's the fact that I guess the, the doctor in Texas didn't know that the doctor in L.A. was giving it to him. Right. So he's getting double dose and then he was getting it on the street. And yeah. then the next thing you know, like he's fucking gone. 
Yeah. He was pretty normal before that happened. Yeah, there's definitely, there's there's got to be people that are abusing vaccines. <laughs> like, what? I would like to know, like, what's the moat? Is there, the, see, Google this. What yeah. is, <laughs> he's looking. It's hard to find. Person who has been vaccinated. I mean, this guy. By the way, like, there's no way Pfizer likes that article. No. Right? It's got probably like <laughs> online support groups. Guinness is not putting this person in any Yeah. No. Nope. So. No, this is, they're but, keeping this quiet. But there's probably like some online oh, yeah. things where, where people are like discussing, like, you know, there's there's people that they feel like they should chop a hand off. Yes. You know, yeah. and they, they feel like they're not supposed to have a left hand. Well, there's also weird stuff where people pretend to be disabled. Yes. And like, it's crazy. Yes, they they want to be. They want to be disabled. Yeah. There's something about They're, it's like trans disabled. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I mean, but the brain is such an amazing thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like Oliver Sacks was just amazing. Uh, I forget what he was psychology. He wrote a book called "The Man Who Mistook His Wife for a Hat," and it was this crazy book about rare brain conditions where, mm. like, people just for whatever reason their brains function in a way that was so puzzling, even to doctors. Even doctors were like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Now, obviously, that stuff keeps you up at night, so you don't want to, you know, because you, you start to hypochondria, you go, Wait a minute, I don't know, I had a headache yesterday. You it know? makes sense. I mean, yeah. the brain is like a, a very complicated biological computer in some yeah. ways. Like, uh, you ever drop your phone and just uh, starts doing wacky shit? Yeah. I, I had a phone once. Sure. I dropped it in Hawaii, and it just yeah. started calling people. Yeah. I would just, I would hang up, and it would just randomly call someone else. Hang yeah. up, randomly call someone else. Like, yeah. look at this shit. And like, that's what your brain will do. Some people's brains. Yeah. yeah. It's just, the wires are wrong, everything's fucked, something got knocked loose, and then- yeah. And, and that's then crazy. That's you forever. Yeah. That's yeah, what I, mean, I say scary. About, about knockouts. Like some people that have been knocked out, like they don't come back the same person. Yeah, they're they're in a new world now. Yeah, they're, they're a new human with a new way of interfacing because their brain is fucked. Yeah, are you now with all the bad press with the NFTs? Are you happy you never took my advice? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> not only did I not take your advice, I refused advertisements. Yeah, that yeah, was there, smart. Yeah, there was a, a few of those crypto, yeah, and fucking NF. I'm like, uh, uh, that's not real. Yeah, I'm not getting involved in telling people to yeah. put their money into something that I don't fucking. It's believe tough. In. It was a gamble, you know, and um, you know, a lot of people lost, and that's you know, now yeah. a lot of people are getting held to the account, right? There's yep. a lot of people, Logan Paul, a lot of these guys, people are people are. Set it, people. Tom Brady. A lot Tom of those Brady, people are yeah. getting, they're getting sued in a class action lawsuit. A lot of people are angry. Yeah. Paul, you know, like, how about those Matt Damon commercials where, yeah. where he's comparing it to, like, Magellan and fucking people That's that crazy. landed on the moon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Be yeah. brave. Yeah. Be brave with your fucking entire life savings. Kim Kardashian got involved. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. those people were throwing money around. Yeah. They were throwing a lot of fucking money around. Yeah. And not it, to me. But we had a- uh, They could have been. We would do crypto ads on the show. Not for really? specific things. Yeah. We did crypto ads for like, like you know, if you want to invest in crypto, here's a good service to yeah. invest with. But it All wasn't right. like- I wasn't like pumping my own Dylan coin. Right. You know right, what I right, mean? Like right. I wasn't doing that, but like- yeah, I mean, like, I, I would still do ads for FTX. Like, if they, <laughs> I would still do them if if they, you know what I mean? If there was a plan, like, if Sam Beckman fried said to me, we're going to make everyone whole, which is what he keeps saying. How you know, is that even possible? Well, it's hard. There, aren't there millions of creditors? So much. Millions. Millions. So there's millions of people he owes money to. Yes. So even if he owes them $1. Yeah. He goes, I just want to make them whole. <laughs> like, they keep interviewing him, and, they, and he keeps going. 
My goal here is to make the customers whole. And so if he called me and goes, we're going to make everyone whole and, you know, we're going to pay your rate and we're going to get in there and do some ads. It's like, I'm not going to hold one mistake against him. Do you think he thinks that he can just do it again? Yes. This is, I believe Because he did it already. I believe that a guy like that believes I was, I was on, I was in a room with Bill Clinton. I was in a room with Joe Biden. I was in a room with the most powerful people in the world. I was the second biggest donor to Joe Biden's presidential campaign. I... I can get out of this and maybe serve my sentence or he pled not guilty. So he might be thinking like there's a comeback story. It's what's getting him up every day. There's oh. no way that a redemption arc is not motivating his behavior. Do you think they let him be on amphetamines now? Oh, I don't know. Because wasn't that part of the problem? They were all jacked up on pills. Well, part of the problem was they were right? just, well, maybe that's true. And I think that's part of the problem. But part of the problem is. This is also all bullshit, kind of, you know? Yes. That's also part of the problem, right? That's the problem. Bitcoin, like, a lot of this stuff didn't get implemented, right? It's not being used. It's not like the currency is not well, being used. Well, you know, used. FTX didn't even, they didn't even right. trade in Bitcoin. No, they would do these other fucking bullshit things. Which is really wild. It's wild. And then they had the Alameda reason, you know, they were just doing a sex cult in the Bahamas with ugly people, and I'm <laughs> for that. <laughs> I'm for it too. I'm for it's it. It's a great story if it was real. Yes. Like if they were just making money and banging each other and yes. taking pills. It's a sex and it worked cult out. for gross nerds. It worked out great for a while. Yes. And during that time, it was a wonderful story. It's amazing they couldn't get hot people with the amount of money they had, but they just had gross, smart people fucking each other on an island. Yeah. How great. Everyone looked gross. Nobody looked like they showered. People's hair was weird. It was like an old hippie commune. Yeah, but what was the, what was the purpose of the Bahamas? This is the regulatory thing there? Yeah, they yeah. don't want to be under the watchful eye. They wanted to get out and do Do you know, own. Jamie? Do you know? You're, you're mm-hmm over yeah. there? Yeah. It's, what is the... It's, it's regulators. U.S. regulators. Yeah. Let's do it that. Because all like, yeah. a bunch of... Cryptos are down there. No, they're all down there. By the way, they all moved to Puerto Rico. Why do you think that is? Well, it's all taxes. It's four percent right? tax rate, and they could kind of do whatever they want. And now they're all being found dead. What? All these crypto guys. A lot of them are like one guy ended up. He tweeted like the CIA is going to yes. kill me, and then he ended up in the ocean. Yeah, that, well, that I was did a, see that. That seemed odd. A little sketchy. A little sketchy, and then he just ended up in because a lot of what happens, I think, with these guys, these Bitcoin guys, is the government has to understand this stuff better, right? Yeah. So the government has to go and figure out, how are you guys doing whatever you, you know what I mean? And the government probably sends agents out to befriend these people, right? And then these people either figure something out they shouldn't figure out or are no longer useful. And then what happens when you're no longer useful is you're, you go. It's not useful. You're a liability. Well, it's you not become that a liability. no longer useful. So they well, could possibly sure. tell a story That's that right. could get people fucked. Yeah, that could expose the identities of yeah. people. Yeah, for the sure. The guy who drowned, what was he saying? What was You know that story, Jamie, right? It's, but it is one of many. And you, know, yeah. you also have to think, look, look, you're not dealing with the, the mentally the healthiest people in the world. Not really. That's that true. involved in this. CIA, CIA Mossad, yeah. and pedo elite are running some kind of sex trafficking and entrapment blackmail ring out of Puerto Rico and the Caribbean islands. They're going to frame me with a laptop planted by my ex-girlfriend who was a spy. They will torture me to death. By the way, this guy's a fun guy to do lunch with. <laughs> you know, you just want to talk. I mean, by the way, if someone, if somebody said that to me, I'd go, go on. That's the gentleman right there? Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. 
They imagine, all have that look. Sam Bankman, you know what I mean? that is what you would do. And I don't mean do, Jewish. But, but that is what yeah. you would do yeah. if you were uh, an intelligence agency yes. and you wanted to entrap a nerd. You would bring a hot spy. Of course. And they have hot spies. Of course. I've seen James Bond. Yeah. Of That's course they're real. bringing in a hot spy. That's what they do. That's how you know FTX was uncompromised. There were no hot spies. That's true. That's that a good was point. uncompromised. They, the CIA was like, I can't believe it. They actually want to fuck each other. <laughs> That's like, you can't crack work. them. They have 10 yeah. people to choose from. They're all on an island. <laughs> Guys and girls just banging each other. Yeah. And when you're on that amount of amphetamines and what else they're on, who yeah. knows? They're yeah. probably enjoying every fucking second of it. Yeah. The Indian guy's attractive in FTX. I will say that. Everyone else is gross. Uh, I don't want to put him in with the rest. Who? Uh, the Indian. It was an Indian guy who's attractive, but everybody else was kind of, it was rough. He's probably the king. He, yeah, it was rough. Everybody else was rough. Well, Freed was the king because he was the brains. The mastermind. He was the mastermind. Well, he also had that mom that was a Democratic act, uh, operative. And they went to Stanford, man. It's so funny because I walked around Stanford. I was doing the San Jose Improv and I walked around Stanford and you do get a vibe. It's interesting. It's like they are the future leaders. Those are the tech, you know, it's like Harvard and Yale. It's like, fuck all that. That old wasp money. Fuck that. It's all about Stanford. So these are all the folks? Yeah. yeah one yeah. guy's good He's looking. He's the guy. That's well, the, the guy, guy with the glasses to the right of him is not bad looking. You know what? Take that's off those the glasses. But that's the best picture he took. And if you saw him in real life, you'd go, oh. Ah, no, the, come it, on. I think the Indian guy holds up. No, no, no. Um, that guy with the blue V-neck, he could go to the gym, get jacked, shave his head. He's got. I can tell you, he's got he good had features. Bad skin. I'll just tell no. you. No, I'm telling you. If you he saw him in good. real in real life, he had a horrible skin. Really? Be very oily. How do you know? I just feel it. Oh, you just. Guessing. I'm just feeling it. You're being mean. I'm not being mean. I'm now, be first of all, they stole everyone's money. Well, did Can we he, not make is fun he of in them? trouble as well? Because oh, it, it, it seems like only Sam Bankman-Fried is in jail. Yeah, Which because is pretty wild. other people flipped. They became yeah. rats. Well, Caroline did, right? She Caroline flipped. flipped because there's no honor anymore. Well, put, put those photos up. There's one other gentleman Gary flipped, Gary Wang too, right? flipped. Who, who, who's, uh, which one is he? I believe he's Asian. <laughs> <laughs> if he's not, he's culturally appropriating. <laughs> if he's not, he's got some explaining to do. Yeah, which, which guy flipped? I don't know. That, I'm going to guess that's Gary Wang. Well, or if the I, guy next to him. Gun to my head, that's Gary well, Wang. What about the guy next to him? That's a Prasoud. That's a Wang. Okay. And so those are... I mean, that guy to the left, cry. I mean, he looks like British. Are they all... Oh, there's Gary Wang. You nailed I got it, it. You son of a bitch. See, Brett Harrison already looks worse. See? Is that the same guy? Dude, he already looks worse. Wait, that's the same guy it's that I was just looking at? Go back to the picture. Oh, that's the same guy. That can't so. be the same guy. I'm telling you, Joe. No, that's yes. not the same guy. I guarantee it's the same no, dude. No, it's the guy to the right of him, isn't it? We got to find it. Go maybe back again. Right. Let me see that again and go back to the other one again. No. Yeah, maybe right. That I don't is know. not. No fucking way. That, I don't know, dude. That guy wishes he, That guy's balding. The other guy had a full head of hair. Go back. Full head of hair. Luscious hair. Yeah, his I hair is nice. Hair. His hair is good. No, there's no way that's the same guy. That's like a handsome fellow with the V-neck. I'm in. I'm in his corner. Jesus. Okay. Leave him alone. Okay, but let's 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 see because those yeah, are the what names. Do you got there? Those are the names. Okay, so here's the inner circle. Okay, keep going down. We know her. She's wild. Like, she's wild. Li she's a listening fun to wild her one. talking. There's I mean, Sam this Chabaco. guy. Yeah, he's not. No, there's Gary Wang. Gary Wang. He's in trouble. There's William McCaskill. Okay. Wait right. a minute. William McCaskill. Mentor. He was mentor, a mentor of Sam Bankman-Fried. Wait, wait, scroll back down again. What does it say? Philosophy professor at Oxford, chief architect of effective altruism. Didn't we have him on the podcast? Did you have him on the podcast? Are you involved in this? Hold on a second. The feds break in right I now. I think we we had someone on the podcast. Oh wow, that's him. 
that was what? talking about effective altruism. Yeah. He was a very nice guy. And I think there was a request to have him back on recently before the shit hit the fan. Yeah. That's him. He's a handsome fellow. Yeah, he isn't bad. No, he's very nice guy. Well, and the, he was talking yeah. about uh, effective he's altruism. He's a sweetheart. Let's hear him talk. Hear him talk a little bit. Interest or for learning. So they're going to be interested in running, because they're now going to have huge, amazing computer power. They're going to be able to create simulations of the past. That um, they're going to have some interest in running simulations of the past. Well, the number of, if that is true, then the number of simulations Scottish? that uh, these future people are going to be running will vastly outnumber the number of actual um, timelines, the kind of base universe, as it were. So for the one real universe, where history kind of unfolds, there's also, let's call it, you know, 10,000 simulations of that universe. And if that's true, then it's the case that, well, given that I'm just, you know, these things really are indiscernible for the people who are inside them, it's overwhelmingly likely, just in the base rate, that I'm going to be in a simulation rather than um, in the real world. And what Nick Bostrom says, actually, is not that we definitely are in a simulation, but he just points out the conflict between th these three kind of beliefs that we would seem to hold. One is that we're not going to go extinct in the near future. Two is that you know, people in the future will have some interest in simulating the past. And thirdly, that we're not living in a simulation. And he himself gives you know, a reasonable degree of belief. Maybe he thinks it's like 10% likely, 15% likely that we're in a simulation. Other people who understand the argument vary a bit more, but I think, you know, it's something you should at least be taking seriously. Um, the reason I reject it is kind of um, uh, even weirder, I think, or <laughs> well, it's somewhat technical. Um, but the well, what's interesting man, is like, cool. Sam, I'm Sam, sure I'm going to give a dumb answer, so <laughs> let's get out Sam, of there right now. <laughs> Sam, Sam Bankman-Fried heard that and went, great. We're going to do it, and we, we don't care if the experiences are real. Well, I would imagine that Will McCaskill was involved with them because they were donating a lot of money to altruistic causes, and that's right. probably what his position in that All was. The, his whole yeah, thing is was help. about giving yeah. – he gave away most of his income. I believe he only kept some very small amount, like $30,000 a year. And most of his money that he earned, he was giving away. That's to, how you know they're, they're real bad folks when they start giving away their money. <laughs> that's how you know. Nobody's giving away his own money. I know, but he that's, lived a very simple life. I know. So is Warren Buffett and Bill Gates, the angels. Um, they're all giving away. All these billionaires are like, we're going to give away our money and we're going to, and we're setting up all these foundations. And a lot of it's a fraud, it's like a tax scam. And the other thing is like, it's never enough. They're not just giving you the money. They're giving you the money and then going, and here's what I want society to look like. Mm. That's the problem. They go, here's my ideas on public health policy. It's like, you started Microsoft. What the fuck do you know about it? Go, shut up. This is what I want. Here's what I want. It is bizarre when they get involved it's with public bizarre. health policy. Why is Bill Gates buying a farming? farmland? Yeah. Why is Bill Gates Telling buying a Telling everybody farm? not to eat meat. Yeah, there, there's a weird thing where they have they want to socially engineer society, and they think from where they sit, they can do that. And the cover for that is we're doing everything for you. You're going to love it. It's going to be better. And just to prove I'm not a crazy lunatic who wants control over you, I'm look, all this money I have, I'm giving it away. Yay, here it is. I'm throwing it out. And the reality is they're just doing it to increase their power base. I mean, mm. it seems none of them are broke. 
They're all just, you know. Interesting. Yeah. The farmland stuff is wild. It's wild. Why would he also why? seeds? You know, he's he controls most of the seeds. He want they want a large. They want a meatless future. Why? Here's the thing about because everyone can be trans, but then I go, <laughs> what's the point of that? Like they just want a genderless. Like everyone's genderless and like typing a pod. Yeah, but like, Bill Gates is not genderless. I that know. was the thing about Gates is that he yeah, likes pussy. Yeah, well, I know. And he yeah. was, you know. So to me, I go, what is the per? Like if everyone's like this weird like. You know, androgynous pod person. I go, who even benefits from this? I don't know. Do you really think that's what they want? Yeah, do you think kind want, of. If society gets boiled down to this thing where we're not dangerous anymore, they want a very docile, oh. uh, you know, group of people. And I think this is what they've always wanted. Who well, just if you could kinda... make all the men feminine. You can make all the men feminine, but That's also a way to stop revolt. If you can plug everybody into the idea that they are always doing the right thing, and mm. everything they're being told to do is for the betterment of others, and mm. there's this social responsibility they have, right. and right. it's good to do this and it's bad to do that. Right. And when you introduce all these things, because most people want to be good people, yeah. So if you can get them there, which is why the woke shit goes so far because people go, well, I just want to be a good person. Right, 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 right. So I don't want to deal with it, you know? So I think that's a part of it. They just want everybody to be, it's kind of a slave state where everyone will just go and work at their jobs and not complain. Yeah. And corporations will, you know, own everything and everybody. And, you know, they tell you what they want. I mean, they, the articles are out, you know, you'll own nothing and be happy. You'll, you'll have no savings. You don't need to own a car. You don't need to own a house. You can just be on Uber. Well, we'll know where you're going. And isn't you know, that wild that you yeah. will own nothing and you'll be happier. This, but this is the, 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 and the people it's wilder that the people who are writing that own everything. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously a, someone yeah. has to own things. Right. So Otherwise you would just take whatever you want. That article came out, I think like Bloomberg or something. It came out in Barry. It came out in something where you'd go, what? Like, so it's the people that own everything are telling you that you don't need to own anything and that the gig economy is great. You can just go from gig to gig to gig and you're on, you know, you're on the grid. And Well, maybe the idea is, like, if you wanted to look at it in the most charitable way, if you extrapolated to the future, like, what it, maybe one of the things that's holding people back is this desire to possess things and is this desire to constantly accumulate wealth and money and power. And yeah. if it was even across the board and we could just concentrate on the things that we enjoy doing and not concentrate on things people like don't enjoy doing it's not human though. yeah that's the problem it's not a, it's not you're talking so about like things the guy other in than human Idaho beings. concentrated on what he enjoyed doing <laughs> and now we have four people dead everybody by the way everybody was like oh COVID's here like no one's working anymore it's gonna be a paradise look everyone's gonna start community gardens what happened <laughs> I remember a lot of things getting burned down People need shit to do. And I'm social not isolation, should, too. Yeah, they shouldn't be slaves to their jobs, but people need things to do. And when you talk about people owning things and material things, it's like, yeah, people want houses. It's not only a material thing, right? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a way to basically provide a sense of security, safety, comfort, yeah. that you're not depending necessarily on someone else to provide you. You're able to independently give your family a certain quality of life because you own a home. Right. Uh, when you own a car, you have the ability to travel and get a job that you want 
per se, you know, you have more freedom. I look at all those things as freedom, right? Like, and you're right. There is a materialist angle of that where like you can always get caught up in all oh, the house isn't big enough or the car is not nicer or whatever. Yeah. But at, at the bare bones, these people are just, I think, trying to, you know, basically self-actualize and have things. And the people that are telling them they don't need any of those things. I mean, well, then what the hell are they replacing it with? You know, an apartment, you rent. And everybody will tell you the color of the wall and, you know, noise after 10 has to be. That's why people stop with Airbnb. People don't. Airbnb is going to go out of business soon because people have. Don't Google that. Are you saying that? Are you saying that just because you got banned from Airbnb? It's completely a coincidence I'm saying this. Airbnb got too crazy with the rules. They kept telling everyone to clean their own stuff up. And people like, well, I'm paying a huge cleaning fee. And why am I not supposed to be loud after 10 p.m.? They got rule obsessed and people are sick of it. And now Airbnb is going to go out of business and hotels are back. Everyone likes hotels now. Airbnb zero and hotels are, are winning. Is this true? Yes. People are going back to hotels. People are getting sick of Airbnb. But is Airbnb, like, is that an actual fact? That well, Airbnb they're putting is... all kinds of... Ru- no. I'm glad this is your podcast, not mine. It's... it's it, no, And here's the brilliance of this setup. No one knows it's mine. That's true. So I get all these views because they think it's yours. Right. They think it's back on YouTube. It's great. Right. We don't even say it's mine. We just put it out. Uh, I start doing ads for Traeger Grill. Um... <laughs> But no, I think I think Airbnbs are they got restrictive and there are articles about it. Like obviously I'm kidding, they're not going out of business, but people started saying like, "Hey man, I'm on vacation." Like when I check into an Airbnb and there's 35 rules, I don't feel like I'm on vacation. Now, is this just up to the person who owns the home? Yes, and they but, decide what the rules are? Yes, but it just got too much. But can you look at that in advance before you decide to rent a house? I Do believe they- you can. So then, but then some you of it they spring towards... on you. Oh, but it's really? a lot of them now. A lot of these things are like, you know, everybody's just like, there's no, don't be, because they're in residential areas. Mm-hmm. So they're like, well, don't be loud after 10. And Well, it's got to be a problem. And I, because I know it's a problem because I know a, a guy who owns a home and right next to his home, he lives in a wealthy area and they rented it out to TikTok kids. Yes. There's like an Airbnb at a really right. baller place. You want some coffee? Yes. There's a, they rented it out Only to- Only a little. Thank you. Tell me when. That's fine. Okay. They rented it out to a bunch of TikTok kids, and they were having all these parties all the time, and he started getting really pissed off because, like, his neighborhood would be crowded with cars now, and, you know, and they're in this very wealthy community, this really nice house. That's right. These TikTok kids have a shit ton of money. When I would rent these Airbnbs, what happens is I would just sit in the backyard with a microphone and scream because I'd be doing my podcast. And people wouldn't like it because somebody would be raising their kids. And I'm like, Meghan Markle's a whore. And they're like, what is? And I'm like, it's my job. It's legitimately my job yeah. to do. I'd be smoking cigarettes and yelling into a microphone. And they go, hey, man, this is not. So I get it. But, you know, that's why people, you know, I think are gravitating back to, you know, Airbnb felt very pandemic-y. Everyone's like, I'll vacation in someone else's life. Let me see, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, it was interesting. It was like, oh, you know, everything, you know, had become possible during the pandemic. And people were like, maybe, you know, people were moving around. People were questioning all kinds of things. And it was interesting. They're like, what would it be like to live in wherever? And I'll live in a house. But now people, I think, are just going, hey, man, let's go to a fucking hotel. The maids come in. They clean. They have room service. Hmm. So, I mean, that's what I think. Sorry, Airbnb. 
I think this might be motivated by your hate for Airbnb because well, it is off the platform. It is Airbnb uh, is on the outs, Thank or you. is it? Airbnb's once lauded uh, vacation rental model begins to go stale. Who disrupts a disruptor? Oh, interesting. Has the Airbnb bubble burst? According to one recent viral tweet, Airbnb hosts have seen bookings evaporate since the busy summer travel season. Airbust, Airbnb bust is upon us. What's going on with Airbnb? No bookings at all. Oh, okay, so people who this is Airbnb super hosts. And also, they're putting more restrictions on rentals in certain communities, right? So Tahoe. Look at this. It says, yeah. has anyone seen a huge decrease in bookings over the last three to four months? We went from at least 50% occupancy to literally 0% the last two months. I'm just curious if something's going on with my property or if other people are seeing similar things. I'm in Palm Springs. Where are you looking? Stop where telling people. Isn't that where you had a problem? Yeah, Joshua Tree. Stop telling people to take their own garbage out. Stop telling them to clean their own dishes. Make it an actual vacation experience for them. Get off your lazy asses, walk into your house, and do the dishes for people, and take out the garbage, and have a maid do it. They pay a $500 cleaning fee. That should be cleaning. Someone needs to clean. So that's a huge problem, and that's the problem that I had, where it's like, I'm paying a cleaning fee. I should also not have to clean on top of that. And stop with the COVID cleaning. It's fake. Well, oh, it's a deep COVID clean. It's is, fake. What do you mean, deep COVID clean? They used to say that during the pandemic. They'd be like, it's a deep, we're doing a deep COVID clean. It's like, number one, it doesn't live on surfaces. Number two, this is fake. So, so they were charging you more money for of that? Of course. Oh, you know the deep game. COVID clean. I just think that it's one of those things where, you know, it's it's been interesting to see it change, right? I think. And they're also putting Tahoe just banned short-term rentals. Really? Got to be 30 days. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So they essentially put Airbnb so, out of business there. They don't want you doing short-term rentals in Tahoe. Jamie, mm. make sure that's true, but I believe that that is true. Someone told me that. Interesting. Well, so, Tahoe is a big money place. It's a huge place, and there's a lot of money there, but they're, I think they're getting sick of the short-term rentals. Interesting. The Tahoe kind of makes sense to me. Have you ever swam in it? It's supposedly so cold, it's like you're, you're, you can't breathe. Like a ice bath? Kind of. Interesting. They say it's one of the coldest lakes. It stays cold all year. Oh, it's a glacier lake? M yeah, Mark Twain said it would revive a mummy. Mm. Yeah, I've never swam in it, but supposedly it's really like... I wonder what the temperature is. Uh, I see above last year they capped short-term rentals, but this is a, almost a year ago, so I don't know if something happened since then. I'm trying to find I think it. When, when you said capped, what does it mean? Um... This is six month moratorium. So, like, whatever was there now, you can't have any more additional short term rentals added to this, the county or the. Yeah, yeah they the were county. they were getting real upset with short term rentals, and I think they might have just actually just banned it and just said you got to do thirty days. Mm, see if that's true. I don't know if that's yeah, true or not. Didn't have an update. I was yeah, to... my realtor said that. I don't know if that's true or not. But oh, why would your realtor lie to you? Just I don't get think a better I, realtor. I think he he wouldn't. Yeah. So blame him. Yeah, but. It's, uh, you know, the, the whole getting people to stay in your house for a little while and pretend it's a hotel, but then make them clean up, that does seem a little problematic. It's weird. It, it, it seems it, like you should hire a maid. It's strange, and it, 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 it's confusing because you check in and you go, well, I want to treat this like my house, and I treat right. my house like shit. <laughs> so here, here it is. What does it say here? Uh, Wired Cities uh, cites New York City and Lake Tahoe as examples. Arizona SB 1350, a law that passed, that bypasses state's ban on short-term rentals, means that such a crackdown is unlikely to happen. So what does that even mean? I don't know. Airbnb, 
while some locations across the world have instituted crackdowns or wholesale bans on Airbnb, such as New York City and Lake Tahoe. Wired cities. What is that? Oh, so, okay, Wired, so Wired is where the article is, I think. Where I get it. So some locations have instituted crackdowns or even wholesale bans. So that does seem to prove your point. So si Wired sites, New York, so it's Wired magazine that's got this going on. Gotcha. It's New York City and Lake Tahoe as examples. Mm. Yeah, this article is about Sedona getting uh, crippled by the Airbnb gold rush. This came out five days ago. So it's mm. also creepy, man. Most pe mm. most Airbnbs you stay in, people are watching you. What? Most Airbnbs you stay in, people are watching you. They're watching like, you? Like, yeah. Like little cameras? No, not even like that. But sometimes there are weird cameras. But like- I've heard it that just, before. There's surveillance. It's weird. Like literally they'll tell you when you check in. They're like, uh, don't have any people here because you're on camera and the neighbors are watching. So it's like they're like, don't have anybody he over, don't have any parties, like Isn't we're watching. But like, someone's creepy. pretending to be a hotel, but they're a private individual that wants absolute control, but they don't understand how hotels work. This is why Airbnb is a sick company that has allowed a lot of people's like weird voyeuristic impulses to take over and they've monetized it. It should be outlawed, frankly. They should outlaw Airbnb. Woman and books Airbnb only to find it's an abandoned villa with smashed windows. <laughs> oh wow. So it's in Bali, though. Right. So this is, what did she get here? No one home. Well, that's no one's supposed to be home. There's a pond. Smashed windows. Where's the smashed windows? Oh, okay. That's it? Well, here's the deal. It's like, you know, I, it's it's interesting. I think if you have a large group of people, I totally understand, like, why you would consider being in a place. But just go to a hotel. That's what you do now? Yeah. I mean... You were a Mr. Airbnb, though. I used them all the time because they were cool and they were fun. You could you, you'd be like, oh, I'm, li I'm living like a person who lives in suburban Houston. Right. And then you're like, uh, now it's just I've gotten to the point where it's like, well, they, they got rid of me. And there was no process, you know, which was unfortunate. Like, there was no, I was not able to defend myself. Like, there was no, like, you know, it's like the, it's, uh, it's the, the way deplatforming works. They just go, you're done. Yeah. So that was it. Hmm. So that's unfortunate, but so you're like a little bit happy that they're on yeah. the slide. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little bit happy that they're on the slide, but I knew it because I knew when you start asking me to clean up after myself, I know it's over. <laughs> it's America, <laughs> and people need to be able to like leave it. That like it's if you, if the cleaning fee wasn't there. I totally understand. Right. But the cleaning fee is there. It's like, take out the garbage, do this, do that. Like, you live, it's like, what? Like, get, what are you talking about? This is, if I'm on vacation here in suburban Maryland yeah. in your shithole. <laughs> this is a fucking vacation. <laughs> so treat it like such. The problem with Airbnbs is a lot of them are like, you know, a lot, there's, there's a lot of people that are trying to make some extra bucks and they, they open a room or a garage or whatever it is. And it is good for certain people, right? Certain people are like, hey, you know, it works for me. I'm new to this area. I want to see what it's like. Yeah. But for most people, I think there's a migration back to more traditional methods. You know? Two out of three men will experience treatments taking four to six months to see results. So you have to act fast. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash Tim Dillon to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's keeps.com slash Tim Dillon to get your first month free. keeps.com slash Tim Dillon. And, and that's the reality of what we're living in. Right? Yes. Thank you all. Reality. Reality.
What else do you think changed in a big way because of the pandemic that's never going back? There's a lot of a lot of talk about remote work. Yeah. But now it seems like companies are realizing that the way to get people to really work is yeah. gotta, they got to be in the office. Well, I also think people's marriages. I think people's ma- Well, I don't know. I think there is still a lot of hybrid work, a lot of remote work going on. Uh, I think people are saying come in less than you used to. But I also think people's marriages, like, you can't just sit at home all day. Like, my friend and his wife worked together. Like, not worked together, but worked in a house together. And he goes... Listen, I love her and she loves me, but like it was very healthy for us to go out every day and have different social environments. Right. And then come back together at night. Right. It was very healthy to have that, not like every minute be in the same house where she has a corridor, I have a corridor, mm-hmm. and you know, we're meeting all the time, you know. Right. It was healthy. So I think I think that's, you know, gonna go back where people realize that there's more to work than just work. There is like this social arrangement and I think that people in a house all the time that seems to be you know I don't know how that'll be negotiated going forward but I do think that you're not gonna have all remote work mm. there's no way people yeah. are gonna want to leave their fucking house yeah some people you know? don't though some people love the idea they didn't have to commute yes well that's true too because the commutes are getting worse and worse because you know there's more and more people in cities so yeah. the commutes are getting worse and worse but it was also, I think, people just love the idea that they could be free, that they're still working, but they can do it on their terms. But then yes. the, like jobs started instituting things where they would monitor your clicks and monitor your computer. Yeah. They'd give you a work computer, and then people were installing those That's programs right. that moved the yeah. mouse around <laughs> yeah. randomly and clicked on things. Nothing so is like free. Nothing's free. Yeah. They so whatever you, in front you of get, your Zoom camera, whatever you get, nothing's free. You know, it's it's. I think it, you know after that period it was interesting because a lot of people reflected on like what do i really want to do do i really want to do what i'm doing right so you saw industries the service industry has still not come back because people have left the service industry permanently like a lot of people left waiting tables people left jobs they didn't want to do right and they were like i want to do something else and maybe i want to live somewhere else and i think it gave people uh, a lot of time to stop and think about the direction of what they were doing Mm. And then some people changed it. You know, it's interesting to see. I mean, I, I I still feel the places still feel understaffed a little bit. Some places, some places still feel like they haven't fully come back. Well, at the end of, of the staff, pandemic, like when when things were really opening up again, that's what I saw. A lot of places, like you would go there, and there was a long wait for tables. And yeah, everywhere. and you'd see open tables, and they're like, "We just don't have enough wait. We staff. don't have people." Yeah. So it's it'll be interesting to see what comes in, like. I think when we look back on it, I think in like 10 years, it's got to be so far in the in the rear view that 10 years from now, I think people are going to look at it and be like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Oh, for sure. Right? In many ways. In many ways. And the fact that everybody just sort of complied and that people Everyone were doing the job of the government by you know telling other people what to do. The, the conflicting information that people mm-hmm. were getting every day, do this, do that, don't and do this. And then knowing now because of the Twitter files and yes. all this stuff, the government yeah. was involved in that. Oh, sure. That's... Well, I mean, I think most people had uh, assumed that. I don't think most people did. Well, a lot of people did. I, th- I think suspicious people did. Most, I, I know a lot of suspicious people. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think most people were kind of like, this is a big mess. Yeah. And the because, you know, I mean, it was a big mess. And I think like a lot of this, 
will shake out years later. It will shake out years later. Th- th- things tend to shake out when everyone's like dead. Yeah. Things shake out years later. I mean, we still, the Kennedy, you know, Biden still wouldn't release some of the Kennedy files, right? It's like, it's still going, these things still go on. People go like, we're holding back a few. There's just a few. It's like, just release the one page where you admit you killed them. Well, like, you're, you're big on conspiracy theories. You, I know, you, but you're not. Well, I'm a little bit, sometimes I get back. I go back yeah, and forth. You go back and forth. I'm, uh, the, this one is a big one. The Kennedy one is a yeah. big one. And you just see Tucker Carlson. We had that the the program where he said he talked to this guy who's read the files and the CIA killed Kennedy. Yeah, we, we, he, I mean that's that. like they were involved. Knows that. Three year olds know that. But the fact that he said it on Fox News It's wild. The fact that he said it without any worry about repercussion. Yeah, I think everyone knows. It's one of those things now where everybody kind of knows there was fuckery. Everybody knows there was really something wrong. Not everybody. Michael Shermer's convinced. Lee Harvey Oswald acted but alone. But that's his beat. Yeah. Shermer's beat is going like, this isn't a conspiracy. So the same way you can't trust a guy whose beat is everything's a conspiracy. Right. You can't trust someone who goes, nothing's a conspiracy. Right. To say that there are no conspiracies is patently absurd. But he doesn't do that. He says there are conspiracies. Understood. He's just reluctant to give in to ones that he has supported in the past as not being conspiracies. Yeah, because it's a huge credibility issue. Well, it's also like then it calls into question all of your other assertions. Yes, yeah. of course. And I, listen, I've heard you talk to him and I've heard him talk and I know that he's a smart guy and he's done his research, but like he's just come to conclusions, I think, that are unreasonable. Well, the it's Kennedy one, the, just that, the, bull, that one. the magic bullet one was the big one for me. What does a guy like that say about Epstein? Does he just look at everything and go, ah, yeah, he got sad, he killed himself. It's a good question. Right. Did we discuss Epstein with him? I don't know. I don't know if we did. We've discussed it so many times. I mean, it's just like I feel like you know the, with the, with the Kennedy one. The reason that it's they they haven't let it really seep out, and now it's obviously long enough where it's seeped out, is that it's kind of the mother of all conspiracies. All yeah. of them descend from Kennedy, and the, the meaning meaning that if you can have a coup in a country like America, where you have an element of the government or whatever it is, uh, kill the president, right, and install the vice president, essentially, we don't have a free country. We don't have a democracy. All of that shit is fake. It's all bullshit. It all sounds nice. But if that is out and widely believed, you could wave the flag. You could have people go out and sing the national anthem before the games. But if that gets out and people really understand and they also go, well, where are all those motherfuckers now? What are they doing now? Most they, of them are probably dead. Well, yeah, but what about until the, they are? They're not what about the people them. that are still working over there? Yeah. Like, are they? Have they gotten more honest in the past right. fifty years? Right. Everything evolves. Right. Everything evolves. Right. So they might not be whacking people out in the open, but what are they doing? How are they controlling people? What are you not allowed to ask questions about? Yeah. That's what the Kennedy one for me has always been like. That's the mother of all of them. They can't yeah. let that one slip and when it slips however it'll be some like rogue it was a rogue element of the guy and we don't you know right. we have no idea and but well yeah. that's when they came up with the term conspiracy theory that's right conspiracy theorists that's right and they they use it as a disparaging term and yeah that's what the origin of it that was planted i mean if people looked at our system of government 
they would not come to the same conclusions that we are taught it is in school. We are taught it is a representative democracy, a republic, right? You know, we're taught, obviously it's not a direct democracy, but it's representative. You elect people, they go in, they debate, da 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 And if you did a study of our system of government, by the way, like Princeton University did a while ago, and they concluded it was an oligarchy. I mean, they just did an independent study and looked at what was going on. You would, of course, go, oh, this isn't the full story. You know, and and I think stuff like Kennedy um, really exposes all of that, that, you know, there are people that operate in the shadows and they get they get what they want. A lot of them get what they want. Well, the fact that the Epstein thing is just sort of it's hilarious. I mean, we've got Andrew Tate, by the way, Andrew Tate, they're acting like Andrew Tate. And I'm not saying, you know, but think of the political ramifications of the Epstein story. What's a bigger story? Andrew Tate. Human trafficking in Romania. I'm sorry, Romania, but that's Tuesday. And you can get hookers in the cabs in Romania. It's just, it just is what it is. Like, the cab driver will say to you, would you like... A, I mean, it's true. This is all a fact. Now, Andrew Tate, I don't know what he was doing. He, nothing's been proven, but he's been charged with this. But the Epstein thing was all proven. You have genuine victims coming forward, saying these things... Nobody's been arrested in conjunction with it. And you just know? the fact that he was whacked and the cameras and were whacked. off. And those fucking people that were the security yeah. guards that day, yeah. they have to be shit in their pants. Well, they probably got taken care of. You think so? U.S. Virgin Isles District Attorney fired days after suing J.P. Morgan Chase over Jeffrey Epstein ties. By the way, do you know that Biden flew to the Virgin Islands for vacation, and then the woman was fired shortly after? In fairness to Biden- a woman, right? In fairness to Biden, yeah. he did not know where he was flying. Uh, he had, you know, like- Well, people that were with him did. Yeah, I mean, interesting. I wonder why he would go there. But it's nice, it's pretty there. It's beautiful there. Yeah, it's pretty, why pretty wouldn't there. wouldn't you go there? Biden's not, I mean, he's just so old, he doesn't know. They just put him in it. They how much do you think he's aware and how much do you think he just falls apart on camera? I think he's aware to a degree of what's going on. I just think he was selected. I mean, again, Bernie was sandbagged. They were like, we're not going to have him in. Right. So who's the guy? And it's like Biden's been the guy. Biden's the guy that, you know, they just want somebody they know. Right. What do you, what do you think happens in 2024? DeSantis. And he'll be fine. He'll be. You think again, he wins? Yeah. And he he'll just. Trump? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I think now Trump's the weakest he's ever been. Really? Yeah, politically. Trump's very good. He's very good in the primaries, though. So, I mean, that would be interesting to watch. But I just I just feel like people are... It's not going to have the same effect. When a comic goes out and you see it for the first time, it's amazing. If, if it's the same stuff, the third special, you go, okay. Like, right. I think it is... He's It's wearing thin, uh, his appeal. I think DeSantis is... Who the party wants? Well, the De- Santas is going to get the reasonable Republicans. He'll get the reasonable Republicans. He's not going to get the QAnon people, though. Yeah, but he won't get them. But they're not a huge force. And uh, I met one. I, I met one in, yeah. uh, in Aspen. Yeah, <laughs> this oh, lady. This lady came up to. She, she gra- sounds fun. She, she grabbed me in the line, and she's with her daughter. She says, "I love you." This oh, older yeah. lady. Yeah. She goes, "I love you. You are out there speaking the truth." Yes. She's saying all these things. I go, "Oh, thank you, thank you." I'm trying yeah. to be nice. And then she goes, yeah. "And Donald Trump is our real president." Yeah. I go, well, he's definitely not. I go, you can Google that. She's yeah. like, oh my God, they got to you. That's go, right. Oh, they got it to me. Yeah. It was really funny, but she's, her yeah. daughters were la- her daughters were super reasonable. Yes. And they 
were younger and they're like, oh, mom's kind of crazy. And well, it's funny. It's like the Shane Gillis joke, which is a great joke. He's like, you want a Fox News dad. You don't want an MSNBC yes, dad. Yes, yes. But if you have a Fox News mom, it's a bad mom. You know? <laughs> like, it's a cute, you know. It's well, a it's the joke. same. It's a great joke. And it's the same thing that I say a lot about, like, it's just the boomers have gotten to a point now where they are, this is, politics has become a sport for boomers where they are, is MSNBC or Fox News? It's right or left. Right. And a lot of them are sitting there and they're sitting in their chair and they've got a heating blanket on, they've got pills everywhere, they're drinking wine, their brain has been melted, and they're just trying to, they've got a few years left, not all of them, some of them will live, but you know, they're at the end, a lot of them, and they're in their 70s or wherever they are, some of them, you know, my parents' age, their 70s, and they're basically like, you know, trying to have a little fun on the way out. And that's what I look at QAnon as. It's actually just fun. We should stop saying it's a threat. We should stop treating it like it's a thing. It's just fun. People want to have fun. And it is fun to believe that Donald Trump's still the president and he's going to lead a secret army of whatever Christian people through tunnels to kill everybody out. Like, it's just fun. They just want to have some fun. That's really what it is. Well, I think that's what I saw from the QAnon documentary. Yeah, they're just having fun. Into the storm. It's like they were just obsessed with the idea that they were a part of something they that just people be weren't aware of. And this is like gave they their just life meaning. They just want to go out. There's nothing to do anymore. It was like a religion in a lot of ways. It gave their life meaning. Yeah, because there's not much to do. You know, there, there was this great book called Bowling Alone written about like how American social institutions have fallen apart. Things like the Knights of Columbus or whatever, like social clubs where people used to be a part of small communities where like people would be invested, involved in their community. They, you don't do that anymore. So the social fabric's been torn apart and people need to be a part of something. So what if it's the QAnon? Give them the fake capital to storm. You know, mm. like they just want to be a part of something. It's just what they want to be a part of. And that's the problem with a charismatic leader like Trump. That's who comes right. along and he tells them, you're a part of this and it's we're together. It's cute until they start storming the Capitol. Right. But it's cute. <sighs> if you watch a QAnon rally, it's kind of cute. It's fun. It's folksy. It's a Civil War reenactment. They're all nuts. They're how all many, bored. What's wild is how many people were infiltrated. Yes. Like how many of those groups were infiltrated by intelligence The FBI. Agencies? Yeah. Yeah, because they're bored. Well, that's the Whitmer case. Yeah. The FBI wants to come in. And how many of her uh, kidnappers? 12. 12. 12 out of 14. We're FBI and agents. The two guys that weren't are doing big time. Yeah. They're doing long, long stretches. Well, this is what, one of them was yeah. talking about it. And one of the things that he was talking about was like, I never planned on doing anything. They they coerced me into all of this. Of and they course. planned everything. And you know, this, this is was, what they was do. not my idea. The Boston, it was all yeah. fantasy. The Boston bomber. Boston bombers. It was weird, too. There's the something F weird about that. The FBI goes, yeah, we don't know who they are. And then Russian intelligence goes, we told you who they were. Samantha Fuller, whose father, Graham Fuller, was a huge CIA guy. He was the architect of their Mideast policy. She married this guy, Rusli Zernayev. His nephews are the guys who did the bombing. That's odd that a CIA family, this woman, married Rusli Zernayev, his nephews, who were traveling back and forth to Dagestan, and the FBI had no idea who they were. Chuck Grassley, who's a senator, writes a letter to the FBI going, why were you doing surveillance the night that Sean Collier, the MIT police officer, was killed in the neighborhood of the Zarnayevs? Did you know about them? 
did you, had you any relationship with them? It's odd. And then the FBI wrote back, we were in that, we were in and around MIT, because that was the MIT police officer who was killed the day after or the night of the, the bombing where they supposedly killed, you know, the police officer and then were trying to get away. Um, and they robbed a 7-Eleven. They did all this stuff. Chuck Grass, he's like, why are you guys in that area? And they were like, we were around MIT uh, for, an un, uh, for a separate reason. The FBI was there for a separate reason. Mm. This is also a thing where they killed one of their friends. Like one of their, they had a routine interview at the guy's house. They didn't make him come into an FBI office. And one of their friends, uh, this guy ended up dead. Four FBI agents in the room interviewing this guy. Supposedly he went to go grab something and killed him. And then he ended up shot dead. So Really? Yeah. The FBI is like, they're, it's weird. The FBI... The entrapment and the stuff they yeah. get into is weird. It's, it's odd. The entrapment thing is strange. It's strange. We, we've talked before about the story about the 19-year-old guy. I think it was in Dallas who they talked him into uh, using a bomb and activating this bomb. You know, it's like uh, yeah. some fundamentalist. Right. They talked him into doing this, but it was a fake bomb right. they gave him. And then when he went to activate this fake bomb, then they swooped in and took him. Yeah. Like they gave him the bomb. They told him to do it. They... Yeah, and he was young and gullible, and it's crazy what they do. This is kind of what they do. This is just the way they operate, and they don't want the way they operate to become public. So all of these things that happen, but you got to think that also by doing that, you can infiltrate legitimately dangerous organizations, and you yes. can stop legitimately dangerous things. From I think happening. that's some of what so they do. That's probably yeah. the origins. Some of it, sure. The origins of it. Some of it are, is, I think, good. I think the the problem you run into with that is it's so murky. Yeah, and it's such a fine line when you're dealing with mentally unhealthy people. And when you compromise somebody or you're, you, get, you recruit somebody as an informant, it's weighing on them. Yeah. They're crazy. They don't know what's going on. They're anxious. They're like, you know, I think they promised this guy. Supposedly they, they might have, uh, this guy, Tamerlan Zerniv or whatever, like might have been promised citizenship. or they, might, they, hang, they dangle carrots with people. They go, we'll make you say, we'll do this, we'll do that. We'll give you money. We'll do that. And sometimes, what's, what's the big conspiracy theory about the Boston bombings? That the, the FBI again. They, these are just guys that they were, you know, probably trying to set up, and then the fucking bomb went off. Meaning that, again, it was just a similar thing where it's like the FBI had either recruited them or were in the process of trying to recruit them, and then you know, so if you. If you come clean with that, the American public goes, what the fuck are you doing? Right, but what, yeah. the, the conspiracy theory, is it that the FBI- Is covering up that they had prior relationships with the Zarnayevs, that they knew them, that there was any pre-existing relationship with them at all. But there's not that they instigated this. Well, what is instigated, right? That's a big question, right? You know, did they, did they- Give them the bomb. We don't know, right? But they, I don't, you know. But there are instances where they do give people stuff, right? Or they do allow people to purchase weapons, or they do, you know. Like, did they instigate the Whitmer kidnapping? Supposedly, they probably did. They're putting this idea. The in, fact that there's twelve, there's twelve guys out of fourteen guys. So when you when you talk about the Janayevs, it is just weird that. You know, number one, there's not a lot known about the trial. They put special administrative measures on the trial, uh, which means that, like, nobody can really speak out about what happened. It's all very tightly controlled. Yeah. And they said it's national security. But then you're like, but you told us they weren't related to any terrorist yeah. thing. So why, if they're not related to any overseas terrorist cell and they acted alone, what the hell is national security? 
So again, you're just supposed to go like, they got him. <laughs> they got him. <laughs> they got him. You know, but what's the they, were, they treated Meghan Markle horribly. Like that's yeah. people like my aunt. They just go, they go, stop with that. Go to Markle now. Markle's racist to Meghan Markle. It's like, it's just an endless circus of nonsense. You're never supposed to get in the weeds with anything. And if you do, you're meant to look insane. Because some of the people in the weeds are insane. Some of the people that will, the, will have the conversation I'm having right now are crazy. Most. Most. So that becomes a problem. Your yeah. allies become people who are fucking nuts, and they're like, Chrissy Teigen has a tunnel under the fuck. And you go, okay, she doesn't. She does. She's selling fucking cookware. Um, so you, you, know, you start looking into things. Dude, when you start looking into serial killers, it's crazy. Like when you start looking at Son of Sam and David Burt and this idea that there might have been more people doing that shit. Like there's been books written about the fact that David Berkowitz like maybe didn't do all of those murders, but he was the guy that went down. Did you send me the article about they never caught the guy who built the bomb? I send you, yes, I send you a lot of that stuff. But didn't you send me it like yesterday? I sent an article today where it was a guy from the Boston Marathon bombing where the, you know, he had gotten in some altercation with his parents and they, they can't ran in his house and I don't know, Ipswich, which is the clam town or, you know, all these places. Yeah. Um, and they found like a pressure cooker bomb and it was like the type of bomb that would have been using the marathon. And they also proved that he knew Tamara Lejeunet, like they had a, you know, connection. So it was like, they were like, is this the guy that built the bomb? So who knows? Michelle McPhee, who's a journalist in Boston, wrote the book. I think it was called Maximum Harm about the Boston Marathon. She did a lot of great work on it, and she wrote a book basically kind of ripping the official story apart, going like, the feds are clearly covering up something here. <sighs> and, you know, it was interesting. And she's a fun uh, journalist. I think she punched a cop or something. <laughs> she did. She got a daily and punched a cop, but something good. Boston, good, you know? Something good. I trust people. I trust you if you've done something like that. Really? Why? Yeah, if you've gotten drunk and like punched a cop, it's like, oh, okay. I get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I, I try I have more I'm more inclined to to trust you in that yeah. scenario, you know? But that's the thing, it's like you just gotta enjoy life because it is, you know, you're never gonna you're never gonna figure it out. You're Jesus. never gonna figure it out. You'll never figure it out. You'll never know. Nobody's gonna you'll never know what really went down. No, you know, and that's part of the purpose. That's part of the purpose because there's so much noise and there's so much craziness. People get mad at me and they're like, no, you're cynical and you tell people not to care. It's like, I'm not telling people not to care. I'm just telling people like just a lot, a certain amount of time to caring. It's like a diet. Don't consume too much. Most people aren't good at that, though. It's like a diet with diets. QAnon. Here's the thing with diet. It's like you're supposed to take in a little bit of conspiracy every now and then. QAnon's Denny's. QAnon's just... Banana, salted caramel, pancake, like food that Super doesn't size. even make sense. Yeah. QAnon is everyday fast food. Mm. I tried to get, before we go, I, I, wanted, I wanted to get you a Comanche gift for Christmas. Mm. And it's very difficult. But just the idea that I wanted to do it, I think you should register is really nice. I appreciate it. I called the Comanche Museum in Oklahoma, and they had like, we, they're like, we have like towels and shirts. I'm like, no, that's not what I want. I wanted like an artifact, and you cannot buy them. No, they don't want you to have them. I know that. They're like if you dig up uh, Arrowhead, they'll kill they, me. They believe that it belongs to well, whatever that's nation. The other thing I was reading about: Do I want to curse myself to give you something? 
But so I, I wanted to get a Comanche thing. That's why I texted you. I'm like, where were the yeah. Comanche? Remember I texted you about the Comanche? Yeah. It was, it's impossible mm. to get anything. So. Thanks but, anyway. I mean, but I really wanted to. Thanks for the thought. It was a great thought. <laughs> and it would have been great if it happened. Have you ever read into them? I want to read more about, you said they were like a nomadic and it was the wild. Yeah. yeah. It's right here. Empire of the Summer Moon is probably the best book on it. Interesting. It's really good. Are they your favorites? Well, they're the most fascinating to me because uh, they were the reason why people couldn't get across the plains and, and into the they West. They were warriors. They were the, yeah, well, they, they, they would set people up by giving them homesteads. Like, hey, yeah. you, would you like all these acres in Oklahoma? Right. Go there. Yeah. And they'd go there, they'd get slaughtered, and then wow. that would be a reason why they would bring in the army. And then Were they the toughest tribe? Well, what they were were the tribe that mastered uh, horse like horse raising. So they, yeah. they, they were horsemen. They knew how to ride horses. They knew how to raise horses. They had a, an abundance of horses. And they would ride on them and shoot arrows while they were riding. They, they mastered equestrianism. Amazing. Yeah, so they would like hang onto the horse sideways and shoot from under the horse's neck as they were riding. So they'd be yeah. riding and shoot arrows while they were protected by the body of the horse. Do you are you do you think the avatar stuff there's any obviously Native Americans are kind of pissed about it, but not all well, of them. I just sent you that article yeah. that, which is but that's just everything. Right. No matter what the fucking movie is, if it's Maverick Tom Cruise's movie or if it's right. a, there's always going to be someone that's upset about it. There's, yeah. there's, this is an outrage culture. Outrage right. is I think it portrays it's advertising. If it's, it's based, everything. If it's based on the Native American, it portrays them as like like really good people. Oh, they're the most noble. I mean, they're the, the most the people noble people in Avatar are the the the, the Navi are the most noble. They're the most noble. You know what's interesting? That someone pointed out uh, all the in every movie you have diversity, but in Avatar, all the humans are white because all the humans are evil. Yeah. I think the Navi are interesting people. I think you know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. The Navi are the most noble, but I think they're also short-sighted because I think the Sky people are yeah. giving them really good opportunities and pathways to money and profit. And I think the Navi are like, hey, we're just going to be in the forest forever. It's like, you're not. Let's get real. Like, they're ignoring tourism. They're ignoring a lot of things. I believe in progress. I believe in pro No, I literally do. And I, I don't think you can just like, oh, I'm blue. And I think eventually it's like, enough. But you enough. know, people... They when in two thousand nine when people went to see Avatar they got Avatar depression because the way those people lived was uh, it, it so resonated with them like yeah, the way they want to be they want to be think spiritual that. go to Brazil and of the earth. go to Brazil and get bit by a bug the size of a bird it's all <laughs> shit nature shit and the planet's a dump no the reality the planet's a dump the only thing good really is casinos and like inside things that's why people like Dubai because they build everything buffets. inside yeah it's like this nature shit it's people like fetishize it go out in it for a day you're shot you have skin cancer it's over <laughs> do you have anything to promote I mean how hilarious is this to ask you do you have anything? Do you, do you no. want to tell? Do you have anything to promote, Joe? No, I don't. I don't promote anything. I don't even. I've never even promoted <laughs> my show. I know. It's done well. Um, uh, yeah, TimDillonComedy.com. If you want to get live tickets to the shows, how's touring been? It's been fun. I mean, we're we're doing. Uh, we're in clubs now to build material. Yeah, and then we'll probably start some theaters in the fall. We I have like some how you theaters. say we're like you're a different person. Well, I have multiple personalities. You. No, it's me. But I just, I was talking the royal way. It we. Seemed, seemed bigger. It's yes. like, I, you know what I mean? Yes. Um, but yeah, it's been fun. We did Irvine Improv on New Year's. They were fun. They were, it was great. And, Do you like uh, doing New Year's? 
you know, every year I go, I'm not going to do it. And yeah. every year I do it. That's where every I'm year at. I do. I just like to work because like every year I go, I don't want to do it. But then like, I, I, you know, you get an offer and they go, they want you to do. And I'm like, I could entertain people over New Year's Eve. I'm lo- and, you know, somebody said to me once, they said, whether it's New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, do something you want to do for the year. It was interesting. They were like, do something that whether if you're if you're jogging, if you're this, if you're that. Do something, start the year the way you want to finish the year. Mm-hmm. So I love doing stand up. So I start, and maybe you start the year doing it, you know, <laughs> the way I don't know. But why don't you work? Um, it just seems like too much of an amateur hour. Like it, it, it is an it's amateur just, hour. Everybody just wants to cheer. When's the countdown? Yeah. See how many people are angry at Don Lemon because he missed the countdown? Yeah. So have you ever done New Year's? You probably have done it. Oh, I've done it multiple times. Yeah. Yeah, many, many times. I, I've done, I used to do New Year's shows every year. So now you just take it, it off deal. and spend it with your family? Yeah. Soft. It was fun. It's a little soft. I enjoyed it. You're not worried about money? No, I'm kidding. Um, I don't think yeah. that it's the same kind of show. I think it's a fun show, yeah. and I think that people like their noisemakers. Crowd they, control. They crowd like those control. little horns that they get to blow. We brought a woman on stage at the end to oh, just yeah? help us do the countdown. Well, the thing about LA is we did a countdown at 8.30. It was totally fake. There were two shows. The early countdowns. I'm like, this doesn't even correspond with New York. <laughs> it's a completely fake countdown, and everyone's in the mall. It's just. Why did you do a countdown? Because they make you. Oh, I've They're done two shows money. before where I didn't do a countdown. They're paying you money. I said to my agent, I go, do I have to do the countdown? He's like, yeah. So that was in the contract. It, they ha- you have to do the count. It's no, part of the thing. You have to say, I'm not doing a countdown for the early show. Interesting. I used to do early shows. Oh, interesting. I do a fucking countdown. <laughs> doing I've the never countdown. done a fake countdown. I think the audience kind of enjoyed the countdown. I don't think so. I mean, you know, they like it. They love it. They, they like w- making noise on cue. Yeah, it's. They're <laughs> like, yeah, it's new. Year. It's a fun. You know, it's a fun thing to do. And I, next year, I'll go. I'm like, this year, I went. I'm not doing it next year. I guarantee, I'll do it next year. People love being sort of like. Corralled like that, like yay yeah. and ready go. Yeah, I make it next year. Gone at to the a same talk show place. taping. Oh god, yeah. Yes. Well, this is kind of the same thing. Yeah. Like, are you ready? Applaud! Like, let's, yay! Yeah, let's go. Applause signs are wild. No, it's crazy. That whole thing is wild. It's such orchestrated enjoyment of a show. That's right. Like when you see the person who's the producer waving at yeah. the crowd doing that. If you go to one of these things, people don't know. There's signs that flash that say applause. Right. Which is fucking crazy. And then it there's is. a person who's like doing this do to it. the crowd, getting get them to cheer. Get excited. So when you see everybody cheering along, it's yeah. it's not organic. Well, because people don't know who half the people are anymore. Like when you go to see a taping of Fallon, you have no idea who these people are. Somebody comes out and it's like, give it up. And you're like, okay. They're like, you know. Do they have a say at all in who goes on those shows, you think? The audiences? Yeah, like Seth Meyers. Does he have a say? Uh, interesting. I don't know. That's a, a whole area of comedy I know very little about. Like, I don't know how the guest selection process. Could you imagine, though, doing your show if somebody chose yeah. your guests? Yeah. That to me sounds like hell. It would be crazy. Well, it sounds like a totally different thing. It's not not yeah. that you wouldn't get great guests. You right. probably get a lot of really interesting conversations, but not being able like it's one of the beautiful things about podcasts. You get to pick who you're talking to. Yeah. Well, it's like they wanted me for hot ones once, and then they go, "We got someone else," and I was like, "Oh." <laughs> Like they, because I was like very down the list. Like everyone else had canceled, they couldn't get anyone. And then they go, "Well, you do hot ones." I go, "Yeah." And then they go, "We got someone else." And I'm like, oh, "What was okay. this? How long ago was this?" Probably like I don't know, like a year ago or something. Oh wow! But it was just one of those things where you realize, like, you're like, oh, "Okay, I got it." Because they'll get a, you know, they get somebody from Would White you do Lotus. It now? Probably. You don't feel upset. 
that they canceled on you? I was a little, it was a little fucked up, but I'll still do it. I'll still do it. it. If it moves some tickets, if it gets people to come see me or whatever. It probably will. You, yeah. you have a great hot one. Yeah, so it was weird to me that they would just dip out. They might have Googled me, too, and they're like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> what are we nuts? Like, And I get it. They want, like, you know, listen, I'm, you know, I just did an acting thing, and I kind of did good. Um in it, I had three lines, and during it, the director said to me, he goes, I'm kind of at my wit's end with you. I don't know why you're doing the wrong thing. I was moving a book. I had to pass someone a book, and the thing with acting is everything has to be the same time, different. Like, everything's got to be the same every time. Right. And I wasn't doing it the same way. He's like, you're mm. doing, you're passing the book, like, differently. And he goes, I don't know what's wrong with you. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, because I would get nervous. Right. So I, he goes, you're putting the pen on the book differently. He's like, sometimes your hand is over the book. He goes, sometimes you take two fingers and push it like that. He goes, what is he, you know, what's wrong with you? So, but I think by the end, we did about 17 takes. And by the end, um, I think it was good. I haven't by the been, end, did you decide to never act again? Well, by the end, he was like, you did a really good job. And I was like, thank you so much. And did I haven't, you believe him? I haven't been back to set since. Yeah. Now, no, but I think I did good. It's fine. Or, you know, I think I did well. Okay. This acting stuff. I think I did great. <laughs> I think I did great. And but he was very he was seemed upset. I can't wait to process. watch it now. Yeah. Because that's all I'm gonna think about. Edit it out. But <laughs> I think I did really well. And I think during it he just the director seemed very upset. And the other actors seemed a little mad. But they were nice. That's good. They were really nice. But so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. CAA was like, that might open up some more doors. I go, oh, I don't know. <laughs> open up some more doors. Do you want to do that, though? No, like, would you want to be on a set for 16 hours a day for five months? No, and... but it, five months is no. But if they said like two weeks, two I'm weeks a two-week guy. Yeah. And I come in and I just get to be funny. I don't. Right. I shouldn't carry this unless like it's all about me and I'm involved in the creation, you know? But like if they bring me into a thing where they go, you can kind of be like you and uh -huh. be funny. But that wasn't this. This was like a different. But like if I was like, yeah, but you know, yeah, I wouldn't want to do it for five months. But like, you know, a couple of months, like if, you know, it would depend on, you know, if it was something where I felt like I feel good at podcasting. I feel good at stand up because I really worked at those things. I feel like I could be funny, but, you know, it would have to be a real specific thing. Well, the acting thing is it's very specific in that. You know, you're brought in for a very, very specific goal. Like yes. You're supposed to move this aspect of the plot. You're supposed to be this guy that does this thing. I think some people enjoy that kind of work where you, you can kind of like lock into this character and then you see how it affects the script yeah. and see how it affects the movie and you get excited about it. Yeah, I mean, and I, 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 I could be excited about that. I feel like... Um, you're too free, though. The problem the, is, like... The directors are less excited about me. You've, you've gotten to <laughs> this point where you yes. can be so free, and then you've developed an audience That's by the problem. being this free, and then... That's the problem. Yeah. Well, I don't think... The good news is I don't think anyone's really... Go, like, I'm not going to be a marquee actor. Like, if I ever did a movie, I'd want it to be a cult classic, unwoke, But look at very Bert. funny. Burt Kreischer, The Machine. He's just, like... Yeah. He, he released the trailer on yeah. the podcast that I did with him. Yeah. And but that's him. After so, you I, something like that I could do because it's like his story. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You as a, a corrupt mortgage guy. Yeah, something like that. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. That you could do. That I could do. Like you could do your story. That I could do. Yeah. Yeah. Of I mean, you some, selling subprime mortgages. It would have to be that. It, it couldn't yeah. be. I'm not going to come into like a role. 
But it would have to be like far enough from 2008 where people yes. aren't mad at you anymore. Right. Well, I, they, yeah. I mean, I think, you know? I've done, I think I've done a great job rehabilitating the image of subprime mortgage salespeople. <laughs> That's one of the things I believe I've done. I, I think I've kind of, because the, the borrowers were criminals too. Right. Also, but they, did they know they were criminals, or yes, were they just they, like give it an opportunity? Want, everybody wants money. If you look at the word victim throughout history, you've a uh, big history guy. Uh, 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 imagine explaining to someone in history you were a victim, and then they're going, "What were you a victim of?" They go, "Somebody gave me seven hundred grand." You go, "What? <laughs> you were? I was a horrible victim of this predatory scam. What was the scam? Somebody gave me seven hundred grand. I didn't have a job." <laughs> you were a victim? No, everybody played the game and then you know it's musical chairs. The chairs mm. run out. I lost a house. My house was foreclosed on. I bought a house when I was twenty two. I had no money. I bought a six hundred thousand dollar house in Long Island. Did you really? It sold five years later for two hundred and fifty thousand. It was not a good investment. <laughs> I would never sell someone something I wouldn't sell myself. I was a cocaine addict and I wanted a house. <laughs> I love houses. I hate I don't like homes. <clears throat> homes are weird. Where what you, do you mean? People that have families and like love in the home. I prefer just a nice house to destroy. Really? Yeah, I'm gonna have a. I have an investment course called Many Houses, No Homes. <laughs> 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 How to own and abuse real estate. Yeah. No. I mean. Yeah, and then I, I lost the house too, and I bounced back. I moved into some dump, and I did stand up for well, eight you years. Looked, you looked. You're funny. And the best years of my life were spent doing stand up. You know, and eating pizza in New York, and then you know, and then I get, I, I came and I did your show, and things were okay. So it's gonna be fine. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. you. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Of course. Can I do?